door. Bumper. Clear. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Door Bumper Clear, presented by our amazing sponsor, OfferPad. I'm Brett Griffin, man. We're back from Darlington. We're going to cover all kinds of good stuff. Joy Logano's winning move, if that's what you want to call it. The backstretch pileup, Kyle Busch's valet parking, and a massive announcement for your favorite podcast, Door Bumper Clear. It's a big deal. Let's go. Nobody's listening, but I don't care. I'm on an episode of Door Bumper Clear. Hey, everybody. I'm TJ Major, a spot of the six cup car, the 68 Xfinity car, and the one truck full weekend. And we have a extremely full house today. We do, man. Star-studded full house. Brett Griffin, spotter for... Colleague Racing, uh, beside me used to be Air Freddy. Now he's Flory Freddy after last well, night. Who, who, what was that? Flory <laughs> Freddy. <laughs> What's up? Freddy Kraft, Spotter Bubba Wallace. I had Derek Krause, Landon Castle this week. Solid week in Darlington. Hey, Casey. Hey, hey. Glad you made it to the show. Yeah, of course. I'm always Glad here. you made it. Uh, and next to me, we have the lovely producer, Jason. Who's Michael He doesn't have today. a mic, so he says hi to everybody. Freddie, who, who do we have on the show today? We got my dad's here. My my, <laughs> I have the pleasure of calling this gentleman my second dad because he's basically my second dad. He's given me my first cup job. He's done a lot for me in my career. What's up, TB? What's up, guys? How you so doing? So we have you to blame for, oh, well, this Tom, guy over Tommy here. Tommy Baldwin is in the house. Brett had teased this all week, and, and nobody got it until you get the, 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 the initials. initials. Yeah, yeah. And then once you get the initials, we said there's going to be an opinionated ass on here and then nobody said anything until we said tb and everybody got tommy baldwin from there <laughs> i don't i don't think i'm opinionated i just just real i'm just real you know yeah. call it how it is real opinionated <laughs> well then you will fit right in on this I, show. I can tell you all right now if you're listening this will be a show that goes off the rails when Tommy Baldwin starts sharing his real opinions because he's semi-retired these days, yeah. right? I mean, Tommy Baldwin grew up around racing his entire life. Dad's a modified legend. Uh, I had the privilege of going to the first golf uh, tournament when we uh, celebrated Tom's life, and, and it, maybe you should just start there and tell everybody why we no longer do that golf tournament there. We uh, caused a lot of damage with <laughs> golf carts. Um, yeah, it was. Well, we, uh, it we was still kind of do it. Yeah, we still kind of do it uh, every year, but uh, <laughs> no, not Long Island. No longer in Long Island. <laughs> yeah, we, we'll we'll leave it at that. So, so back to being real. Um, you grew up around racing, man. Like it's it's literally all you ever done. Yeah, basically, I've started. Uh, you know, my dad's repair shop, which now I I have. Uh, you know. Own now with an, another one. We have over thirty employees up in Long Island, but uh, yeah, I started going to the shop at probably five, six years old, started pumping gas because it was a little old gas station in the beginning at eight, checking checking the customer's oil and filling their fuel and moved to the oil changing, moved to cleaning the shop. And next thing you know, I was working on the race cars. And uh, yeah, I got to, you know, thank goodness I started early, uh, learned a lot in the beginning about uh, hard work ethic. And uh, here we are talking to you guys. <laughs> yeah, this is the, really this is like the top of your career. Oh, Lord. <laughs> You've done it. Mo, Larry, and Curly. So, so when you moved south, what was your first job? So uh, You've got to tell the story yeah, about let, moving south. Yeah, let, like, let's back up a little bit. Good. So, so uh, Kevin Mannion and I, uh, Bono slash Bono, uh, we, had, we were having pretty good success up in New England. We won a lot of races with Steve Park uh, 
and I think it was 94 or 95. Uh, we won seven out of the last 11 modified races. And uh, we just decided that, uh, you know, at the end of the year, we were going to take a chance. So Greg Sachs gave us a call. Um, just so happened to give us a call for the Mi- new the first Miami race. Oops, yeah, sorry, you're they, the first Miami race um, that they were having, and uh, they asked he asked if Bone and I can come down and 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 work on his car and crew chief it and help it. So, yeah, sure, you know we'll do that. So we flew down. He goes, yeah, all you got all all you guys got to do is set it up. That's all you got to do. So we flew into uh, I, I think I can't even remember where we flew. We drove to Sam Suler into this one car garage and uh, the car was completely apart, had no crush panels, no windows, no nothing. Now Bone and I, we we were not stock car guys. Stock yeah. car guys. We were modified guys. So I looked at Bono, he looked at me, I said, Well let's get to work. So two days later, straight days later, we got the car together. We were on our way to on our way to Florida. Showed up. There was sixty cars, I believe, you know, over sixty cars because it was the first uh, Miami race and uh, had a good practice, qualified six, not having an idea what we were doing yet. Um, so we sat at that pretty much in a hotel room in uh, Keys. He put us up in a real nice place and we looked at each other and I, I looked at Bono. I said, you know, we can do this. We can come down there, you know, down south here and and, and do this. And, and, you know, Bono, obviously you guys know he's a pretty quiet guy. He just shook his head. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> We uh we were running a top ten and the windshield back then there were real glass windshields and the glass uh, windshield strap came loose and we got black flag and we came in unfortunately so went back to Long Island. Uh, I just woke up one day on a Saturday morning and I said that's it I'm done I'm moving I'm just going to take a chance I didn't have any job I didn't do anything so I called Bono up I said I'm leaving at four o'clock tomorrow morning and he's lived up in Massachusetts I was in Long Island and uh, I said. I'm leaving at 4 a.m. Are you coming or not? He's like, uh, uh, I'll call you back. And how old are you at this time? 26, 25, yeah. somewhere around there. Yeah. And um, two hours later, he said, all right, I'm coming. So he, he had a red pickup truck. He drove, took the ferry over to Long Island, came to the, came to the house. He had a stereo, two bags of clothes, <laughs> a green garbage bag of clothes, and a suitcase. So we loaded, I, I loaded a bunch of stuff in my dad's truck and trailer. We parked his truck at my dad's shop, put for sale best offer, and we were gone. So we moved down south and uh, come down here. Uh, we met uh, uh, Georgiana Otto at the time, and she put us up in a house. Within one day, we had the place rented, fully furnished. We went to bad, Badcock furniture, <laughs> furniture and... Uh, yeah. There's another story, but uh, we, <laughs> next thing next thing you know, we, we were sitting there. And we were like, okay, we're here. <laughs> that was it. Looked around and like, okay, we got to get a job. <laughs> so uh, we went out. Uh, I went and sat with Ray Everham, and uh, he got me a night job at, at the 25 Budweiser car at the time uh, doing some night work. Ricky Craven called him up. I said, hey, I need a car chief for the 41 Kodiak Cup car. And uh, Ray said, yeah, I got the guy for you. And that's what got me started. So I start, we started as a, a car chief. I got Bono a job as a mechanic. Uh, we moved a couple more people down from Long Island because the plate, you know, there wasn't many people working there at the time. Right. Started off real strong. We were fourth in points. Um, still hardly knowing what we're doing, but we're digging, faking it. <laughs> and uh, we're fourth in points going into Talladega, and that's when Ricky crashed real bad. And kind of the wheels kind of fell off at that time, you know, from there on. And 10 months later, I got offered uh, – 
offered a job uh, with uh, Harry and Lauren Rainier to put together a brand new cup team. Uh, at the time, this young kid was supposed to be driving at Tony Stewart. And uh, I said, okay. So I built a, a, a team from the ground up. So I'm only here at 10 months. I built a, a team from the ground up. Bono, Bono ended up uh, coming with me and moved, I think, about 20 families down from the Long Island, New England area. <laughs> and uh, we started off uh, at a test in Atlanta. We started off as an ARCA car with Tony driving. And uh, I think we were half a second faster than the field with, with the ARCA car. Back then, 50 cars would show right. up in oh, tests. Yeah. And uh, I was like, all right, let's stay the next day for the cup test. Because really the only thing that was different from ARCA to cup back then was the spoiler height and the tires. So we uh, cut the spoiler and put, put good years on it. And uh, we, I think we were third fastest the next day. So I'm like, all right, man, this kid's pretty good. We can, we can do something here. And uh, on us not knowing, Tony was already in talks with Joe Gibbs at the time. Oh, wow. And um, decided... How, how old was Tony at this point? I don't even know. It, it was in 95, so I don't... He I mean, was, he's definitely his 20s, yeah, yeah, upper he 20s. Was, he was, yeah, he yeah. was pretty young. And, uh, Lauren Air found a lot of guys <clears> like did. that. He did. He's still finding guys yeah. uh, like that. So yeah. I saw he's working with Gavin Bochelle now. Yep. Um, and so so when you, when you actually came here, you didn't come here as a freaking crew guy. I mean, you went straight to the top. Yeah, I got I got pretty lucky. I faked my way for a little bit. Still, <laughs> Tommy always told me fake it till you make yeah, it. Yeah, fake it till you make it. You know, and uh, you know the good thing is I, I had good car background. I knew I knew the mechanics of the car, so the rest of the stuff was was pretty easy. I've called races since I was 14 years old. My dad spotted at the same time, so I kind of knew the whole background of racing. Tommy's rough on spotters, by the way. I have no. <laughs> I'm well aware. It's because because he was one. <laughs> yeah, so so when you get to Everham's. As a crew chief, I mean, obviously a ton of success, Bill Davis, one Daytona 500 with Ward Burton, Southern 500 too, right? Yep. With Ward. Yep. Um, but when you get to Everham Racing, it's full circle for you to be a crew chief for Ray at that point? It was. It was pretty cool to, to uh, well, to back up a little bit earlier than that, in 2001, when Ray announced the Dodge deal, yep. I signed the contract to be Jeff Gordon's next crew chief. Oh, wow. Um, Instead of Robbie Loomis, it was you. Yes. Wow. It was done deal. They were getting ready to announce it. And uh, so I'm, I went into Bill Davis's office. I said, hey, I just want to let you know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be leaving here. I'm going to crew chief for Jeff Gordon. Obviously, he took it pretty hard. I call, called Ward. He took it really hard. But the two things that really changed the course was I called my dad. And uh, I said, hey, I just want to let you know. I was all excited. I said, I'm getting ready to go. I'm going to crew chief Jeff Gordon. You know, I got a nice, I think it was four or five year deal. And uh, I got silence on the phone. He's like, why, why you want to do that? I'm like, what do you, what do you mean? I'm going, Jeff to, Gordon, that's I'm, going to, I'm going to go crew chief Jeff Gordon. He goes, they already have a dynasty over there. You're building one now. You're, you're, you're building your own dynasty here with Bill Davis racing. Why do you want to move? So I hung up the phone. I'm like, oh, crap, man. Now what am I going to do? Here comes peer pressure from my yeah, dad. Here, here <laughs> goes, you know, that thought process there that you never thought about. So then I called my son who, you know, Tommy the third, who was, you know, young at the time. Yeah. And I called him and he started crying because you know, he was friends with Jeb and he's friends with Ward. You know, why, why are you leaving there? So I'm sitting there with my, you know, my hands over my head in the, in the office. And uh, I think Michigan weekend was at the time. And uh, I called Ray up. He just got off the plane. I said, hey, you got to cut you got to rip that contract up. I'm not coming. He's like, what? I'm, I'm not coming. Just please rip it up. Because me and him were friends. We've known each other. He's right. known me since, since, yeah. uh, 
10, 11 years old. And uh, thank goodness he ripped it up for me and continued. And we ended up winning the Daytona 500 together. But uh, it's probably the biggest mistake I've made in, in the sport. Uh, you know, now looking back that, right. you know, all the achievements that we I'm glad what I've done, I've accomplished. Yeah. But what else could I have accomplished if I did that? Yeah. So you're, you are following your brain right until your dad tugged on your yeah, heart. Yeah. I was doing good. And, uh, the I damn fought. tiger had that ability on people. Yeah. Like, he did. He, he just look at you and you yeah. knew you were Yeah. <laughs> he, he can, he can, uh, he can move mountains with his looks for sure. And, uh, <laughs> but going back to Ray's deal, yeah, that was, that was a good deal. And, uh, I stepped into a nice deal that they had a lot of, a lot of information and, uh, a lot of good guys. The cars were really really good at the time and I think we had some pretty good success we couldn't for some reason we couldn't uh couldn't get over that start finish line first but we I think we had nine seconds the first year or something it was, in, it was insane yeah we were we were running good but uh you know again as we kept getting caught with stuff with stuff that we had in the car the simulation stuff stopped started not matching up yeah and Ray had an engineer driven company and he lived and died by that engineer driven company so when it stopped working for a while you know certain people get looked at it you're the you're the guy and it's like look i'm the crew chief you this is sure and, and again yeah. me being straight up going well you need to fix the situations that that that's that's the problem i'm, I'm, I'm still calling the race i'm still doing it so just didn't work out it uh, you know unfortunately it but uh you know i ended up was that the last fight you got in as a crew guy no. It was while you're at Everham. Some got thrown out of legend car racing. How do you year? get thrown out of legends car racing? <laughs> well, I think we'll get into that a little bit later when we start talking about talk about Darlington. <laughs> I not want to talk about that. No, we're gonna talk oh, about we're it. Gonna, we, we have to talk about it. We're gonna we're gonna <laughs> talk about it. But uh no, I mean I like fighting, but uh, <laughs> but uh, I can I can fight it you know You got in a fight at a legends car no, race? No, 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 no. I just got in a couple arguments. He with, beat the have a six-year-old. No, I did not. Thrown out. No, I did oh not. Oh my no, god! No, 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 I did not. I did not beat anybody. <laughs> no, he did not beat anybody, anybody up. He tried. I, I, I yelled at every parent and every kid and <laughs> every uh, official in the place before I left. And got a two weeks. I got. I got. Call. I got my point across. He so. got his point across, and then I got a call from Tommy that was, "Hey, uh, what are you doing for like the next two weeks on a Tuesday?" And I was like, "What." What do you mean? He's oh, like, oh, that's when you and you Doug gotta, went. You got to take you and Doug got to take yeah. Jack and Priest. And Priest, yeah. We we had all star crew over there. It was me, Doug, and Priest, and, and Tommy was thrown out. And the listen, this deal over there at Summer <laughs> Shootout is a <laughs> show, a full blown oh, show. About it because th- I went there for two weeks. I think. What'd you get thrown out for two weeks? I went there for two weeks with Jack, his son, and I think we ran seven laps in the two weeks I was there because they they just wreck. Run over everybody. Each other. They, they curfew is only like 20 minutes. I told Tommy, I said, don't ever get thrown out again because I'm not going. I love your kids, but I'm never going back there again. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, uh, I'm guessing you got run over. No, no, we didn't. I don't think we, well, no, I'm he guessing only, that. He only wrecked his cousin again. or whatever. <laughs> well, it's just these, we'll, we'll, we'll probably so get questions. in. We're, we're going to get into this later, trust me. Yeah. Before yeah. we get into the serious part of the show, why we actually wanted you to come on, Freddie wanted you to come on and talk about some of the Hall of Fame stuff. I wanted to keep right? But I got to ask you a very serious question. There, you, you brought a lot of spotters, a lot of people in general, but a lot of spotters into the sport. I mean, you've probably got three or four guys on the roof right now that are up there because you gave them a chance. I want to know how Doug Campbell 
and he spots for Austin Cindric, Daytona 500 winner this year, got the nickname Sperm, <laughs> and I want to know <laughs> – I want to know how in the hell he connived you into hiring him to begin with. Uh, well, it was Mike Kalinoff, who was the biggest conniver of everybody. <laughs> yeah. and, That's and, funny. Uh, he lived with him. Yeah. Well, not even yet. Is that your uh, fault, too? So Mike called me up and said, hey, man, you, you're looking for a spotter up in New Hampshire, you know, uh, you know, I got this kid that's been spotting. He's he's really good. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, right away, I just I just need somebody. You know, with my own team, I just needed somebody up. Yeah, let's get him. We'll see how he does. Okay, cool. That's how it was with Mike. If Mike called and he needs something, I wanted something with me, or vice versa. Yeah, that's what we did. You know, we trusted each other at the time. So um, here comes Doug. So he comes up. Hey, I'm Doug. Boom. He goes up there, spots. You know, he does okay. Obviously, Kalinoff's right next to him at the time, just uh, telling him what to do. So it all turns out that, that Doug's only spotted one race in his whole life, <laughs> a modified race. Um, that did, did, as did good, though, right? I guess. I mean, you know, I guess he, he did okay, you know. But as it, as it went on, I'd noticed that he needed a lot of work. And I, <laughs> and I you know, I, it's a very important job. You guys know. Spotting, people think that you guys, it's, it's easy, you know, what you guys do, but it's not. It's very hard. And you've been on the roof a lot. Yeah, I've been on the roof a lot and because uh, I understand, thank goodness, at, at an early age what to do and how, the, how to do that. But Freddie came in. He got yelled at. Doug came in. He got yelled at. <laughs> Joey came in. He got yelled at. A couple other guys came in. They got yelled at because it's, they're all from up north. You know, you, that's the only way you, they're going to listen is you yell at them because that's what we do. That's how it went. So... um Doug, <laughs> I was really mad at Doug one time. I mean, I have everybody on scanner, and they're calling a caution. And we're all, you know, the wreck was in Charlotte. It was going into in the three. We're just in the middle of one and two because I just watched Blaney just go in there. And they already said, okay, wreck and turn two. Doug doesn't even say anything. And I'm like, we're in it. I'm like, well, how did we get in it? So I went on a rant, and, and I basically said, you know, I said, you, you, you know, you're not, I can't remember how I said it. I said, you're, you're just, you're sperm. And he's like, what, what is, you know, it took him a couple of days, and it's like, you're sperm. He's like, what, 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 what does that mean? And, and I'm like, well, you're not even real yet. You know, you're not, you're, you're, you're up there, and you're not even real. You're just, you're just sperm, you know? Oh so that's gosh. that's how it. You're that's not how really it. So now yeah. to make it worse, his brother's uh, nickname is Little, Little Sperm. Sperm. Yeah, well, that's how we had to start. Like, oh from, my right, gosh! Right from the beginning, just because we had we had oh, to do thank it. Thank God they uh, don't have another brother. I'll, yeah. I'll never forget. I was in Martinsville spotting for Tommy, and believe it or not, Tommy's got a little bit of a temper, and yeah, a he'll bit. yell at me. He'll yell at anybody. Don't matter who it is. And uh, Kelly Kent, who was Mike Herman's girlfriend, was in the suite down there below us where Tommy was sitting. And I get home or whatever, and she's like, oh, my God, you should have heard Tommy. He was screaming and yelling and cursing, and I'm glad it wasn't on the radio. I said, no, that was that was on the radio. <laughs> I, said, I said he was yelling at me at the time. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, you were getting yelled at. Yeah, that hey, we oh, all got yeah. yelled at, but like you said, that, that's don't like – I wouldn't be where I'm at without Tommy, and the only reason I got better at my job was because Tommy would scream at me and, and yell at me we, if uh, I did anything wrong. Well, we, the way I look at it is – Whatever happens to the to them now is no really you know not a big deal because they can they can handle any situation. We were in a situation like that with uh, pops and Tony Senior was he'd let you know uh, pretty quickly if you were 
did something wrong. Um, you, you know, me and Brad, we were scared to go into the garage area a couple of times working with him. But, you know, you took your lashings and you learn from it. And you know what? Five minutes later, though, it was fast. Like no grudge carried over, nothing. You learned your lesson. You moved on. But there is a lot of – I do think there's some benefit to learning like that, though, too. As, as hard as Tommy's ever been on me, I mean, I appreciate all that. I've thanked him a thousand times. The look on – I've talked about it on his podcast. The look on his face at the Daytona 500 this year when – Doug, me, and Joey finished top three. He's running up and down the spotter stand, high-fiving us, hugging us. He was as proud as any, any, any moment I've ever seen, and I'll never forget that about looking at him that night. He's like, you three idiots did it. Could you imagine if uh, – what if Doug would have ran his car into the wall from the line? Would he have been happy then? No. <laughs> oh, boy. No. But it was, that was a good time. It was, it was, you know, to see these guys grow up. You oh, know, for sure. And uh, – get to where they got to now to the, you know, to what, who, who they're working for, what they're doing. Uh, I'm proud of that. What are you up to Freddie? Like two, four, two eighty nine now. I think. (laughs) (laughs) But what, so like to go back to Brett, like what we, what I wanted you to come on for. And I know, I know this because you've told me about this story for years now that you've been a hall of fame voter. And I know that in years past, you probably had to go to bat for a guy like Mike Stefanik a lot. And I kind of wanted to get a glimpse into that room of what that looks like when is, is is there a guy speaking on behalf of each driver is there what does that look like in that room so we all get a book on all the information on all the the hall of fame nominees um obviously they're split up to three three groups now um so that we all get all the information and to be honest with you usually there's someone that's getting in that's very popular they might not have the stats but they've done enough in this in the sport to get nominated for the hall of fame. So this year, if you look, there wasn't many, there wasn't anybody really popular standing out. Right. So the more and more I looked at it, I'm like, this is a stat hall of fame vote. This has nothing to do with being popular. So that was my, when I, my thought process going in, that's what I was going to speak about. So um, basically they'll bring all of us in, They'll show videos of all the different nominees of what they accomplished. We all get the same information, and uh, they'll open up the mic, and we're all, we all have the chance to get up and speak on their behalfs. Um, in the past, there was a lot of ar- – it wasn't arguing, but there was, there was three, four people that we were pretty much all battling for different. So you never left the place knowing really – except for Dale Earnhardt or, you know, Tony Stewart. or You never left knowing that these guys were definitely going to be. Um, when Mike Stefanik was in there, it was pretty close until Ned Jarrett stood up and spoke on Mike Stefanik's behalf, and I, I thought that was the coolest thing. Um, I think that sealed the deal. After I went on my, my speech about Mike and the stories and some other people got, finally got up and talked, when Ned got up and Ned spoke on, I said, now we got something. So thank goodness he did that. And, and obviously Mike, well-deserving in the Hall of Fame. Um, but this year, when I got up and spoke, it was just about the stats. And it was pretty clear after everybody speaking that it, everybody, for some reason this year, was pretty much on the same page. So when we got done, I kind of knew who was going to be in it. Um, the biggest thing was Mike Helton. 
we none of us really wanted to vote for Mike Helton for the position he was in. We want we all wanted him to be honored in the in the in the in Hall the, of Fame. In the Hall of Fame, right. and then we would have voted him in immediately. Right. The only reason why he didn't get in last time is because we were like, no, we're not. We told him right to his face, we're not. We're not doing it. Yeah. We the want you. Deal. Yeah. We want you in the in the real one. Yeah. So when. Uh, they finally got up and vote, uh, said that, you know, he can end up still getting into that, which now he won't, in my opinion. Um, glad he got in because, you know, he has been a mentor oh, to so many of everybody. us. And, and uh, the guy's just the rock of, of the garage area. Still, when he walks in, he's the rock. He's got a presence like no other. There is nobody. And uh, you can talk to him about anything. And, and uh, he's the guy. Uh, to so many of us, so he's well deserving. And obviously, Matt Kenseth had the best stats out of all the drivers. Um, Kurt Schimmendine, I thought it was pretty close between him and, and Harry Ide, in my opinion, with the stats. Um, but the four championships, I think, is what got Kurt in yeah, before Harry. Ide. Harry Ide will get in eventually. I, I'm pretty sure because of the stats. And if you look at it, the three or four crew chiefs that are on the in the nominees right now, I think we'll all get in eventually. Um, there's only a couple more left um, now because the crew chief role has changed so much, right? There's only a couple more. There's no more car builders left. You know, they got a couple of car builders in there. That's all gone. So I believe all these guys eventually will get in. It's just going to take some time. It depends on who gets nominated next year. You know, obviously, Jimmy, gonna I, I believe line, Jimmy yeah. Johnson and Chad come up next year. I mean, no, I mean, that's, that's a, a no-brainer of what the accomplishments they did, in my opinion. Right. Um, but uh, it's, a, it's a real honor to be part of that. Um, I'm pretty much, I think I'm the only, of my age and what I've done to be part of that and to look around and all the Hall of Famers that are in there and all the people that started this sport. You know, uh, Mike Helton asked me to be, you know, wanted me to be on it, and he he, and it was an that's honor an honor to, in and yeah. of itself. Yeah, yeah. Heck and yeah. It, it was like five six years ago, I think it was, and uh, it's a great privilege. Yeah, it's, it's probably because you're slightly opinionated. Yeah, I think that I'm they not count opinion, on I'm that. real. Uh, Real, real. Well, not opinion. Thing. No, no. Little do you know you're going to cuss out a six-year-old. <laughs> I would like to see Tommy debating in this Hall of Fame with some people that – Because, listen, I, yeah. there are some people in there that don't understand and respect all the history – of the sport, right? And so I could see you looking at some of those guys and being like, oh, how am I going to politely tell this guy he's an idiot? Well, I, I think, you know, they have different people, some different people each time, but all of them are pretty well respected of what they have accomplished in the sport. Right. They, they and those people, believe it or not, more know more about the deep history than you think because they're, they're part of different parts of the sport, yep, you know, yep. whether they're track owners or promoters or no new these guys back 30, 40 years ago and how it started. Right. So it's fun listening. All of a sudden, when they do speak, it's like, oh, they know what they're talking about. Right, right. Um, so you trust the process. I trust the process. I think, uh, in my opinion, there are probably too many writers in there, people who, you know, they know the sport be because of their opinions of it. Right, not they're, living they're in not, the trenches. They're not in the trenches. There's probably too many of them, but the ones that are in there, are the ones that call the sport. So right. then you look back and go, yes, they do, they do deserve to be in there at a point um, because they, they are moving the needle 
yeah. in the media. Right. Um, all of them, all of them that, that are there. Yeah. So you got to respect that too. So, um, but it is an honor. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we'll, Casey, you've been quiet over there for the last I half hour. I mean, this hours. has been pretty interesting. So I kind of, uh, let's, I know I, the, the reason why, so I thought about this last week. I text Jason. I said, I wanted to have somebody from the hall of fame room in there. And we were talking about McGee's been on here with us before. So I, I was kicking around the idea of McGee and I said, I want somebody that's going to be able to stay on the show and have opinions about the race. And I know that Tommy does because I get a text every night, every Sunday night about everything I did wrong during the race or my driver or everything <laughs> Doug did wrong. Or, so this so will to, be really fun. So to this day, Tommy still criticizes everything the three of us, whether it's me, Doug, Priest, or Joey, we get a text every week of everything we've done wrong from Tommy. So I, that the, the, my mind went right to Tommy about kicking off the show because he can tell us all about his opinions in Darlington like we do. So Casey, well, go ahead and kick Don't it worry. We have plenty of time for that. Oh, but sure. you picked a great episode to come on because we have a little bit of an announcement to make, don't we? Gigantic announcement. Fans, I mean, I can't tell you how many times we've heard, we've seen tweets and people come up to us asking for the opportunity to see us on TV. And I, I think we get that chance now. Is that right? That's right. We were made for TV from the beginning. Yes, you have, you have a face for TV, that's for sure. So we are very excited to share that we will now be on Mav TV and Mav TV Plus. In prime time. Yes. Prime. Don't leave that part out. Yeah. When is this? When Thursday at 7 p.m. is the official debut. So I think we need to have some sort of celebration, maybe without the alcohol for Freddie's sake. We need Freddy a launch started party. Without yeah. Yeah. Freddy started already. Yeah, are we having a launch party? You've had enough for it. I, I think a launch I party a is needed. <laughs> uh, one hour version of DBC will air every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern. And then a longer version will be available on MAV-TV's subscription-based streaming platform, Map TV Plus. Map TV is really brave. I want to give them credit I, for that right up front. I am so exactly sorry in advance for everything you guys might see on this show. I didn't think we'd ever be allowed to be, well, visible other than I, our YouTube videos where they can cut it out. So I think this is brilliant. I think this is amazing. Map TV <laughs> is about to blow the f*** up. It's going to be I don't think you can say the that biggest on network in television why, why wasn't I told this before? I would have changed my contract. <laughs> Is this the first one? You're going to need to call Mike on this one. You're the the debut episode. Mike Davis? Yes. Yes. Oh, I'm going to his Blame Mike. Uh, (laughs) He's snooking me again. We all do. Yes, exactly. He gets me every week. I would like to... Yeah, welcome to the club here, man. (laughs) I would like to request that you guys keep it classy for the sake of our viewers and listeners. Wait, wait, we, we already did... I know, that's the issue. I know, I know. I should have said this earlier. Freddie walked in the door and I was like, well, shoot, there we go. Are we getting beeped? Uh, beep Jason, do you have to beep this whole show yeah, out for yeah, Matt yeah. too? Okay, he he already has a list. His beep list is pretty long. Do oh. I need to pull that fireball reference out again? Because there is a little chance that's going to happen. Um, and and honestly, it's kind of a family affair. Like I'll be on Mav TV through DBC. Chad's on Mav TV through Power and Midget Racing. All we need is Chloe to have her own show, and then we'll be set. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so, I'd watch Chloe's show. I don't know about you. And it'd, be a, it'd be a messy set. That's for sure. Uh, well, we wouldn't be we doing this without our listeners. So, yeah, so all you guys, you guys that have been jumping up and down, screaming on social media, wanting this. Here it is. I w- actually, watch us screw I it think, up. Trust me. I've seen us do a, it. No, we the, the, need the to us, do a tweet your seat type of thing. Can, 
can uh, can you guys share how you watch the show? Like, yeah. I, I don't know. Want to see you, this. I don't know if you tweet wanna... your seat. Yeah, tweet your seat. Okay, every Thursday, seven p.m. Eastern. Please, uh, no, no nudity. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no nudity in these pictures, people. Keep it classy, guys. Yeah. We would also like to thank Thanks, Bojangles bro. for the awesome breakfast this morning. Freddie, especially since yeah, he I is soaking soak up some yeah. alcohol. I'm I'm honestly really proud of you for making it to the show. I wish we had Lysol to spray all over you. Oh my gosh. I hadn't smelled anything since I got COVID. All I smell is booze over here. (laughs) He looks like he's half asleep. He (laughs) can't even keep his eyes open. No, you know how to tell Freddie's Freddie's had a good night? Because he just doesn't keep smiling the whole time. He doesn't even know (laughs) he's just smiling. (laughs) And lucky for you guys, you get to see it on TV. Prior to that, hear more a little bit a little bit more about our presenting sponsor, OfferPad. Have you been thinking about buying or selling your home? Well, we know people that can make it happen quickly. Our friends at OfferPad want to buy your home. They do real estate the way it should be, easy, and the process moves quickly. To start, tell OfferPad about your home by completing a form that will take less than five minutes. Then within 24 hours, you'll receive an offer. That cash offer is free with no obligation to sell. Once you receive your offer, you can review your options and decide what to do next. I've got a funny feeling you'll like that cash offer and want to take it and get the rest of the moving process underway. With OfferPad, you can sell without listing. There are no showings. You can pick your own closing day, and a free local move is included by these two over here. We're headed to Kansas City this weekend out in the middle of the Midwest. And good news, if you live in the area or want to move there, OfferPad has a market in Kansas City, and we can help you make that big move. If you love Kansas City barbecue as much as I do, you want to move there right away thanks to OfferPad. When asked where you heard about OfferPads, like the NASCAR option, so they know we sent you. Spot on, spot off. It goes like this. Spot on means you agree. I'm spot on. Are you joking me? He's lost his mind. Oh, and by the way, no one ever seems to agree. And then spot off means you disagree. Spot off. Uh, here we f-ing go. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But if you're TJ, um, uh, uh, there's only one correct answer. I don't know. It's time for Spot On, Spot Off. Spot on, spot off, Joey Logano's winning move on William Byron entering turn three with two laps to go. TJ. Why? TJ. Obviously. I thought Why? you were the ass all this time, and now that you're gone, he's still wrecking people. See? <laughs> I mean, I got wrecked on lap two. I want you TJ to be sucks. real on this take. TJ. Like, don't, come on. Here we go. Like, don't be. Don't this be is real. your shot. This, this is not it. Penske, TJ. This is, you make this is it, right? <laughs> I'm uh I'm spot off because if I mean he wrecked him like he was gonna spin out if he that wall wasn't there, tore up a car, race car didn't even make an attempt at passing him. It's Darlington off a of turn two. Your Mac is you know you brushed a wall a little bit, which yeah he ran you up a little bit, but do it back. You don't have to destroy a race car doing it in my opinion. I don't um I don't I don't agree with tearing up race cars for that. You know in my opinion. I I don't think the biggest thing to me is. Never made an attempt to pass him. That's like, what I'm saying. Like, you know, if you work a guy over and you, listen, I'm all about win at all costs. We've we've built this system around you've got to win a race. You've got to win a race, get in the playoffs, everything. He's on a, what, 40 race winless streak or something like that. Win at all costs. No but more. at least make 
some kind of attempt and, and, and realize maybe I can't get around them. What now do they I show there them. every time we go to Arlington? What, what replay do you see on that screen? Ricky Craven, Kurt Busch. Why? Because they were they were racing. They were you, racing their yes, asses off. It wasn't, we could have seen that again. We could have seen something like that. Or you, you, Joey is by far good enough to nudge somebody and get by him and do what he has to do. I, I, he had a run, too. You could see it. So you think that's a cheap shot? I think it's a cheap shot. Tommy, what do you think? I do. I think uh, that restart where they were battling coming off of two, I mean, that's that was a trouble area the whole race, uh, that little bump with those the cars bottoming out and doing doing what they need to do, especially on low air. Um, I think that was really, really hard racing. I think what Joey did to William wasn't. Um, I'm, I'm with TJ. I think uh, he had plenty of time to pass him. Obviously, he was two, three tenths a lap fast than he was at that time. Byron was out of tires. He was holding on for deal life, and and uh, Joey could have made a race of, of it, but didn't. Um, just ran into the back of him, and and it all goes back into uh, how many people seen that, how many kids seen that, how how to race, and a lot of kids are gonna learn from that and say, that, hey, we're gonna just push him out of the way and win the race instead of race 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 the racetrack, race the driver at the same time, and uh, like you said, that Craven. Kurt Busch race was probably one of the most phenomenal finishes of all time of how they raced, the respect they gave, why they were wrecking each other was was incredible. Yeah, and, I think uh, they, those two guys look back at that race and probably, have, you know, respect each other. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And I think we could have had another one yesterday and the whole world would be talking about that and how great a race it was, even though it was a really good race, how great the race would have been if, if they did. And again, the drivers get to choose how good the race is going to be, right? And a lot of times, yeah, right. They're the so, performers, right? So that could have been a, another game changer for our sport, um, but now it's a little bit different. I will say I agree with everything you guys are saying. You're missing one big point, and this is what I'm the most spot off on: Joey's lame ass excuse after the race of "I will not be bullied." He ran me in the fence. If you're gonna be and race like a d bag. You got to own it. Don't play the victim on TV like I had to pay him back. He was bullying me. No, that's not the way that played out at all. So I'm the most spot off for the way he handled it in the post-race. Let's let's back up. Your your experience as an owner, your experience as a crew chief, you are now William Byron's crew chief post-race going into the rest of the season where you got one took from you, stole from you, cheap shot it from you. What, what do you guys talk about this week as it pertains to how you race Joy Logano from here on out? Is there payback? Is like, how, what, what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, if I, if I was him, I basically knew that I wasn't going to win. I mean, I, I, if you can see it happening the last three, four laps, it wasn't. He mowed we, him down. We, but we would have finished second, right? So the game plan is to get him when it counts. Don't get him now. Get him when it, in, in when it counts the last 10 races. Just rough him up a little bit, ruin his day just just a little bit more than what he deserved. Um, and it, it's open game now, uh, unfortunately. But really, should it be? You know, are they sending the right message by doing that? I don't know, man. Don't it's, know. It's, it's tough nowadays. You just – back, back when in the 90s and early 2000s, none of these guys raced like this, man. I mean, Mark Martin set the example of respect. Jeff Burton long learned from Mark Martin how to race. You used to watch these guys when they, when they caught them to move over and, and let them go. You know why? Because they lost less time to the guys behind them. 
Now you see these guys racing each other to death, to death. You know why? Because the way NASCAR set it up with the stage, the points, the how it, what, what it's worth. What, you know, there's so much more on the line nowadays during the race, in the beginning to the end. And these guys have to race like this. I mean, everybody's getting mad at Ross Chastain and how he's racing. I, he's just racing hard. I mean, the, the guy's been giving everybody space for how many years now, getting out of everybody's way right. and doing and respect uh, what he needed to do, running from you know 22nd to 32nd for a lot of years. Now he has the capability of running up front, man. He, and he's, he's, what, he's, he's seen these guys drive past him, wrecking him because they're mad at him because he's lap car, you know? Don't you think what he has in the back of his head who did what to him back in the yeah. day? So um, I, I respect the hard racing, but listen, man, understand if a guy catches you from a half a straightaway back, you got to let him go because the guys behind you are going to catch you fast if you got, both of you guys start racing. It just doesn't make sense. And Especially with 230 laps to go. Speaking of Ross Chastain, of all the guys in the top 10, as a car owner, you may disagree with me. I hope that Ross Chastain is on a one-year deal because he has to be the lowest paid guy in the top 10 in points right now. Two wins, locked into the playoff, this is a guy that could go have a life-changing contract, and, and, and he's underpaid based on how he's performing. It is every single week from the spotter stand. I look up there at the leaderboard, and he's in the top seven or eight. It doesn't matter where we're at. If it's a road course, if it's a short track, if it's a Darlington, if it's a mile and a half, he's up there. Yeah, but – Does this fit his driving style? Like, is that, is that it, the deal it, with the car? car? Do, the car does. It allows, allows people like Ross to drive the heck out of these things. And, uh, you know, I, I don't look – I don't think these guys look at the money as much now. I mean, they're, they're searching, they're trophy hunting. You know what I'm saying? And uh, the scale of the, the pay, to be honest with you, has gone down a lot. A lot. Um, in the last five, six years, um, just because of the sponsorship money coming in. Uh, I don't think he's underpaid. I think he's probably the lower tier of the best drivers out there. Um, I think drive. he's enjoying what he's doing yeah. right now. Are yeah. you seeing, Hands down. on that note, are you seeing more contracts with bonus opportunities, such as if you get a top 10 or if you win? Is that something that's becoming more popular, such as for Ross Chastain? Yeah, I think there's more and more, you know, if we make money, you make money now. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the days are gone of the big contracts. Um, and, you know, obviously I was in a lot of meetings with, with the charter stuff happening and, you know, sitting down with, Mr. Hendrick and Roger and Richard and Jack. And, you know, I I was in a lot of those high meetings and I understood why our sport got to where we got pretty quick on how it got too expensive. And, you know, these guys were just racing each other. These owners, all they've, they've done the last 15 years is race each other to win races. And they built all these big places and hired all these people for all this money and they, they ran themselves really pretty much out of the garage for the high cost of what we're doing. And I applaud NASCAR now for, for making these decisions to keep everybody in line. And it's hard because you, you, want, to, you want to win, but um, that's why you're seeing these different drivers and these different teams run up front now because there's a lot of more even parts, uh, a lot more even guys now involved in the sport. So it's pretty cool. And a new car kind of cleans. The That's slate. what I'm saying. Yeah. Everything, everything. It's the yeah. same parts. Everyone has the same part numbers. Everyone has the same, same stuff. So um, that's why you're seeing a lot 
closer racing today than you did yeah. four or five years ago. So when's TBR coming back? No. <laughs> <laughs> but TBR's there. We're just yeah, having yeah, fun we, modified yeah, racing. Yeah. You're doing what you really like. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Back to the Darlington drama. Contact between Martin Truex Jr. and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. off turn two causes a backstretch pileup after they ran three wide through turn two. Spot on, spot off, Brett. Uh, Tommy just alluded to this. I mean, those guys on those restarts were getting all they could get. We saw Ross Chastain wreck. We saw the Martin Truex wreck. We saw William and Joey racing each other very hard. I am spot on for any time you see these guys up on the wheel taking control of the car. These cars are hard to drive again, and, and these guys have their hands full. I mean, they talk about it all the time. We only saw 23 cars finish the race yesterday at Darlington and before the show Tommy and I were talking about how many of those were on the lead lap like it was absolutely insane so anytime you see hard racing and it produce uh, an entertaining race I thought it was a great race yesterday at Darlington I'm spot on for it I'm spot off I got collected in this mess uh, we were just that whole bottom line. We all done we, your job. We all got wrecked. Yeah, I didn't. I, I, I think I all saw. of Tommy probably texted me last night. Yeah. Again, we are all in the same wreck with Denny, the boss. So he was <laughs> as he's wrecking, he's watching his two cars wreck, and I'm sure he was thrilled about it. Uh, our car. I mean, we just at twenty three eleven, we can't catch a break lately. Like we had speed yesterday. We were probably seventh, eighth place car. And then we get caught up in a mess. Kurt had miserable pit stops all day. He drove back to the top ten every time. Uh, and and he got caught in a mess. So I mean, we're looking for a break over there. But like Brett said, you just they were having a hard enough time going too wide off a of turn two, let alone three wide. And it just looked like they all ran out of room. Kind of Martin drove up into uh, Ricky and got turned, and and we all just kind of piled in there from there. But you know, like you said, like everybody's getting all they can get, and and two wide was hard enough off a of turn two. Three wide wasn't going to work. DJ. I am spot off for seeing cars get tore up because I absolutely hate when cars get tore up and see these guys hit the wall like they do. But I'm spot on for the hard racing and the guys on the edge where they actually make some mistakes and we got some excitement out of that. So, But I hate seeing the cars get tore up, but I like the excitement. Bobby? Am I getting paid for this spot on? Spot yeah. Off yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's $5 per, per episode. Yep. Okay. It's, All right, it's cool. five for spot on, 10 for spot yeah, on. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> then you definitely need a race. I know. $25 <laughs> cover charge to get in the door, so you're kind of paying that back. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, obviously, even during practice and during the beginning of the race, the drivers knew that area was the roughest spot for the cars, where they were bottoming out on that little bump, what was going on there. So, it's kind of, you know, it's you're either going to go for it or you're not in the beginning because that's where you're going to gain your most positions, right? Especially at Darlington, because once it evens out, the tires even out, it's hard to pass, right? It always has been. So they got to get what they can get. Three wide over there, that's kind of, uh, you know, years ago, we were lucky we, we could get one car through there, you know, before they repaved it, you know? So um, that's a little crazy, but it's race. I mean, these guys, this is what they get paid to do. This, you know, it, unfortunately, it causes a wreck, uh, you know, took out a lot of really good race cars, but um, it happens. Another topic on wrecking. Kyle Busch leaves his parked car on pit road at the garage entrance and walks off after getting collected in Brad Keselowski's wreck. Freddie. So, old Kyle. Would you like some M&Ms, Freddie? Yeah. Before, before, T, before Freddie answers, here's what I want to know, TJ. Why did you wreck to cause this? Did you yeah, Why did something? you do this? Yeah, something either the right front blew or something broke in the okay. right front. So we had people on social media saying that Brett Keselowski is an idiot for wrecking. 
I didn't think it was Brad's fault. You're confirming it's not Brad's fault. Now we can address this and make it solely about Kyle Busch and not about Brad Keselowski. Well, you're an idiot if Listen, you think Brad just drove into the fence on purpose. I will be the first one on here. We we are critical of Kyle Busch, obviously, and Kyle Busch has the ability to be a complete <laughs> at times. And sometimes his <laughs> his attitude is very calculated. If you remember last year, he got fined $50,000 for driving through the cones and almost hitting a person as he pulled into the garage. So in his mind, this is what his response was to NASCAR. Where as mad as he was at this point, he's still thinking back to last year where, you know what? They find me for hitting those cones. They find me for driving through the garage. I'm going to be, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to park this thing right here and I'm going to get out and you can come get it. And now if NASCAR does not hammer him for this, because we, what, what we sat there next to each other and talked about it, we waited three or four laps to five open laps. pit road because Kyle Busch's car was sitting in the middle of pit road. You was, have it to, laps. it was ridiculous how much time he disrupted the race. Now I know he was Didn't bother me. sending Didn't his message. Me yeah, you were on your way home. Uh, <laughs> but you know, it, listen, I get it. Kyle Busch, but like, we we Mike Davis compared us to Kyle Busch in the in the NASCAR media world. You need the Kyle Bushes of the world because what the hell else are we going to talk about? And and the fact that he went back to last year and remembered they fined me fifty grand for driving through those cones. You know what? I'm not doing it this time. I'll park this some right here and I'll get out and you'd come get it. So Tommy, you're a team owner. What would you uh, think about if you had Kyle as a driver in this moment? Oh, this would not go well. <laughs> Well, I've said it before on <laughs> my social media, and I'll say it again. Kyle Busch is a little <laughs> plain and simple. And uh, okay, this is okay. you know, he, I mean, he 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 is. I mean, it's a it. If it wasn't for his talent, there would be no sponsor or no owner that would let him drive a race car. I think he is just so far off base on what he does, on how he does it. And all he did yesterday is disrupt the race, in my opinion. And he could have, he could have turned into that garage without a problem. Spot yeah. on, spot off didn't pay well, but call somebody a little <laughs> gets you a hundred bucks. I'm a Brett, got, you're a little <laughs> can I please have a hundred bucks? No, you oh can't my. call me a little doesn't work that way. I am. Uh, what got into you? Hey, I need what, money. Here's what I told Freddie when this whole thing went down. They should take a NASCAR official and put him in that car. And if that car will crank and that car is able to drive through that gate into the garage, he should be fined 100 points because he ruined the entire part of the race. As far as what we were doing for pitting, he ruined the commercial strategy. He changed everything because he was being exactly what Tommy just called him. I am spot off for his temper tantrum. This guy's one of the he's the only current two-time champion in the series. No other no other driver out there has more championships than he does. Act like a freaking man, act like a champion. We he he gets crap from people and then he gets mad at people for getting crap from them. He asked for all this. Yeah, I mean again, you got to applaud his brother on on, on how he was and how he is today. And whoever fixed Kurt needs to go fix Kyle because Kyle can still do what he does on the track and be a villain on the track and get in front of a TV camera or, or understand what he needs to do at the time to help our sport. He's not helping our sport by doing what he's doing. He's helping by people talking about it, but it's negative. It's all, ne in my opinion, it's negative. I agree. And, okay, is that what NASCAR want, wants? It's negativity? No, I'd rather 
I'd rather see somebody race hard and argue a little bit on that than, than disrupt what he did yesterday. But, you know, and that's, that's him. It's always been him, and I, I just don't like it. Like, I mean, like you talked about with the Joey Logano thing, I think we can. Everybody in this room can agree. Kyle Busch is a top three to five talent oh, in yeah. our sport. Top, oh, yeah. two, three. Top, yeah. two, three. I'll never not say. You know, I'll never not say he's the, one of the most but, talented race car drivers ever, ever, ever. But what kind of example are you setting? His son is coming up. Brexton's coming up. Too. What kind of example are you setting for kids that are watching you race? That you know this is okay. Like what? What's 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 Brexton? You know what's Brexton watching his dad go? Oh, he just gets out of the car. You know that it's just a terrible example yeah. for people that are watching our sport. Yeah. To okay, this is this is okay to park your car in the middle of pit road and throw a temper tantrum right and here. You, you're you're bringing up a great point. Kevin Harvick actually said on the Dell Junior download once he had his son, he, Kevin Harvick his son changed. started yep. racing. He was like, uh. I can't be that guy anymore. I need to be a better role model for my son. But it's not only for your son. It's for all these young racers that are out there who want to be you when they grow up. There's no bigger brand in America that caters to all lifestyles than M&M's. And kids love that car. Don't act like a d- It's not that hard. I'm a... What do you want to call him, TJ? I, I agree. Uh, <laughs> I'm not disagreeing with any of you guys say. I am going to go spot on for the content. Um <laughs> I mean, it, we got some very uh, insightfulness from Tommy here, um, <laughs> which is going to work out great. Um, there was only cones over. Oh, Kyle's here. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Um, I wish he was. Uh, so there was only cones in front of half of that entrance because we didn't even have a right front that would turn, and we drove around Kyle and threw the cones all the way to the truck. So, oh, 100%. He was being facetious of oh, he what was happened doing last it, yes. year, which is kind of genius, but um, it's a funny that he thought about that, I, that exactly. Moment, That's what know? I'm saying, like, but uh, yeah, spot on for the content, bought off for it's, just yeah doing it that way but yeah unfortunately brad's i think incident happened because of the beginning of the race and something happened there that caused hey. something to break i'm i'm probably well, we broke traction on lap two that's for sure <laughs> yeah. yeah so from the from back from the back yeah side. no i mean from hitting but, hitting you know and spinning out those cars are very temperamental on that we think the bodies are tougher than the suspension parts yeah well that's the biggest thing i want to take away from this weekend was we've we've talked about on here how how strong the bodies are we bump we beat and bang at the coliseum we we've gone everywhere and you don't see any tire rubs anymore yeah but we saw a lot this week where a guy even kyle like Kyle I don't think he hit us that Kyle hard. never had that much. Like, yeah. I, the contact wasn't that bad, but his car was wrecked. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like these guys are just brushing the wall now and breaking toe links in the back and and or bending stuff and and the so any shot to the wheel is gonna is gonna put I these cars out of the race. Don't have a good feel for the when they wreck and hit yet. How? But I've seen guys hit the wall, but they must have hit it flush because they they go off like I saw the fifty one get into one and got loose and hit. He the got wall. helped. Well, okay, <laughs> but he got in the wall and I'm like. I'm like, you didn't do it, did you? No, it was okay. Reddick. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you had that look. Um, he pounded the fence. Yeah, and, and then kept, kept going. going. You know, and so there, I don't have a good feel for it yet. But uh, I hey, watched Reddick. So he, Uncle Barry's calling. So uh, put him on speaker. <laughs> Reddick, Reddick, Cody Ware actually had a very good day yesterday for Cody Ware Day. For Dolly, I thought you know, he, was he, doing ran, fine, I think yeah. he finished top twenty. Credit to them; they had a good day. Um, and there was one point, and and I think you were racing the two for the lucky dog, right? Yep, yep. And Cody came in and put tires on 
on that caution when you guys didn't, I yeah. think. Yeah. And he, he should was, have taken a wave and, and, and been back on the lead lap instead of opting to stay one down and get tires and race anybody. Yeah. But yes. But so he would put tires on and he was going to try to drive up there and get these guys. And I, we watched it. Brett's tat, you know, tapped me on the shoulder. He run Reddick in defense off a of turn two or I'm sorry. Middle he, one, two. He, yeah. Like he hit yeah. him in the left he, rear and, and, oh, and okay. you know, and Reddick just got behind him down the front stretch and never, Sent him never off checked the up. Like he, I saw the brakes locked up into one. And on, the unfortunate part about that is <clears throat> Cody, the last two, three weeks have gotten some situations and now it's given him everybody to green light just to abuse the poor kid. And I, yep. and I think, you know, it, in my opinion, it all goes back to you guys up, up top. You know, that whoever's spotting for him needs to do a better job of communicating with his driver to get out of the way, to call what's happening way before it happens, and it's not getting done. So I think Cody's a, a decent race car driver. I really do. He's gotten do. better. I, I really do. I think he's gotten better this year. And again, Rick Ware's equipment is the same as everybody else. He's got really good people working on there, but there's a missing piece there that's causing some some problems, in my opinion. And I have no idea who's spotting. I don't, I, I don't know who's there now all the time, but they need to do a better job communicating on what's going to happen before the situation. You guys know. I mean – yeah, I told we, you guys all the time. You got big picture racing. Yep. I remember when we when I was with Tommy, we were, we had Michael in the car, and Tommy had been through this for years before I even got there. And this is kind of where I learned the fact of we don't want to no, we don't want anybody to know we're on the racetrack. You know, we're gonna we're gonna go out here, Freddie. We're gonna run if we can run twenty fifth today. That's a great day. You know what I mean? And that was the goal. Like you're going out there out of the guy's way, race the guys you're racing, and that's what I, I got built into. And 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 listen, we give Rick Ware Racing a lot of grief on here because of the fact that they're in the headlines every week, whether it's spinning out or or getting into a Chase Elliott. But and and the reason why I do that is because I came from TBR. And and you can this is going back to years past where Rick was, you know, their business model was Okay, they're making money, you know, but Tommy figured out a way and I talked about this on here. Tommy figured out a way to make money in the sport and we were competitive. We weren't the slowest car on the racetrack every week. And that's what I went back to last year. Now, obviously, this year they've stepped it up and Cody's done a great job, you know, and of course, we're going to pick on him because it's it's low hanging fruit. A lot of times, you know, it, you kind of put yourself in that position when you got a guy on there on the radio. I like talked about a couple weeks ago saying, you know, Chase Elliott spun you out because he didn't have anything for you. Well, that's ridiculous. Don't don't say dumb. Don't put yourself in the headline. You know, obviously, a lot of force in the last is that week. What fired up Tyler the rest of the don't, race. You know, well, you know, like but like <laughs> like that. Like, why are you running in the back of the eight car? Like, well, just yeah, run Ty your race. Tyler, they went at it for two, three laps yeah. before he finally punted him, and that's where you got to concede the position. Let the eight car go. And, and, and you're not going to catch Justin Haley and Austin Cindric anyway, even if you're on a little bit better tires. You got to have some common like sense. Back you, to what Tommy you got to have someone. And with that situation with somebody like Cody and someone with Rick Ware racing that has the knowledge up there to look way further ahead than, than they are right now. And you ha then you earn the respect, all right? That's what I was always about, to earn the respect in the garage, to earn the respect on the racetrack. And, yeah, I mean, like Freddie said, we weren't the slowest cars. I could, we, you know, I run, I run on a 32nd of everybody else's budget, and I ran with guys that had – way way more money than i did and i right. i would leave on sunday pretty happy on what i accomplished now other people yeah the fans might not think that was accomplishment but the amount of money i had the amount of tires i had during the race you know the amount of crew members i had who i had i think we did good you mentioned respect to here this is big you had a lot of drivers get in your race cars that were accomplished drivers 
um, at various points in their careers because they respected you and they knew what yeah. you were out for. Yeah, and, yeah. and I helped you grow that, what you were trying to accomplish too. Yeah, they did. Yeah. It was Another it was thing, awesome. the all drivers need coaching in that position as well. Like we were, we were right on one lap down, running right with the leaders there, trying to, you know, working for the lucky dog. Every driver can use the coaching from that point, you know, no matter what. I mean, you got to remember, you got to keep what your goal for that run is. And, you know, yeah, I wanted to go up there and pass Truex and Ross, but I knew that probably wasn't going to happen. So my goal, hey, Brad, just do what you, keep doing what you're doing right here. We're going to stay with him. We'll take advantage of what's given to us right here. Don't overdo it. And then, of course, we blow the tire. But it wasn't every, – every driver can use that stuff. Yeah, I mean, and they showed uh, – did a lot of audio yesterday with Coleman Presley talking with Logano on all the information that Coleman was given Joey and he was giving him incredible information, not maybe not about that time, but to think about later and what, when cars are around them. So I really think that helped Joey later on in the race, but your job, your guy's job up there is more important today because of the competition level, how everybody is running so close together than it ever has been before. And I, you know, believe that's what's getting Cody in trouble. He's a good race car driver. He's got a really – Rick has stepped up that program. He has put so much money. I've been there. I've helped, helped him with Ryan Priest do that L.A. Coliseum. I know what kind of equipment. The guys that are working for him are really, really smart. He was competitive L.A. Yeah. He was yeah. very competitive yeah. L.A. Yeah. They, they, you know, they have some information coming from, from Stuart Haas, so they're not that far off, but they got to get one thing fixed, in my opinion, and I think that – the, the pressure is going to be off of everybody picking on Cody because it's not Cody. Cody's in there trying to drive his butt off for his dad, for his sponsors, and, and everybody else. He right? just needs to finish. Well, he needs to have someone teach him how to finish. Okay? Yeah, you got to finish, got to finish lead lap. Yeah, so I you're mean, saying uh, Coleman learned from Reddick. Coleman? Presley? Learned from Reddick in the one. <laughs> For later in the race, yeah. <laughs> Coleman Coleman learned from his his, uh, his dad, dad yeah. and his uncle. That's who Coleman, yeah. and his and his grandfather. That's who he learned from. Trust me. We could probably talk about this for like five episodes, but uh, Tommy, this next one's for you, especially as a team owner. Spot on, spot off. Chris Rice says, "As a company, we're as bad as we've ever been. Give me about three months, and hopefully, we'll get it turned around." We've got one car running 30th during the Xfinity race at Darlington. What do you think? I, I love Chris Rice's uh, thought process on this because he is the team leader, right? And he wants to get everybody better. He's, he's in a position right now with growing, you know, with the cup program, which had a really good day yesterday, the Xfinity program. And they want to win. That's what they're in the Xfinity Series for, is to win races and run up front. And to have a leader with that thought process and to go in now into meetings and talk about, about this to his crew members and his drivers on what needs to be done and how it needs to be done, I think is the proper way to do it. Um, he needs to let everybody know that he's not happy and he wants better results. Yeah, two guys are up front, one guy's running. Well, why is that guy? We have the same equipment. The, the driver's good. What's the problem? So... I think uh, he's spot on for saying that to keep the momentum going on this program. Uh, Chris has been doing this a long time. He, he's a people person. He knows what to say. He knows how to get people motivated, and that's why he's in the position that he is. Brett, spot on, spot off. Uh, spot on. Uh, Tommy's right. I mean, they literally came out as a company with a hashtag trophy hunting years ago, and that's what they built off of. They built that, to Tommy's point, around the Xfinity Series. They made a huge move a couple years ago when they went and got A.J. Amendinger. And it was to find out 
if their cars were good enough to win every single week. And obviously, AJ is now full-time. You've got Landon Castle over there running well, running a lot better than he's running the last several years. you got Daniel Hemrick, last year's champion. College racing isn't going around and looking for kids with money. They're looking for ways to win races. And obviously, the cup program is now down the street from them. Um, that's got to probably take away a little bit of focus because we're at a point in this industry, maybe, Tommy, for the first time that I can remember where it's hard to get good people in certain areas right now. And I'm talking, it can be truck drivers, it can be engineers, shot guys. Like, as an industry, we have somewhat of a people shortage. So the expansion probably took a little bit of focus away um, in terms of what Chris was able. Chris was, man, he's, I'll tell you right now, he is hands-on every single part of that business. Well, that business has grown a lot. So now Chris has got to get the right managers and people in place to be able to pick up some of those things that he doesn't have the time for. But nobody wants to win in the Xfinity Series more than Chris Rice. That's their bread and butter. That's where they came from. And he will be all hands on deck. He is in a little bit different position, and, and I'd love to hear Tommy's take on this. RCR is an alliance partner. They're helping him with a lot of technical things. RCR on Saturdays, they're not running great either, right? So is that what the problem is that Chris has got to work with Richard on for the next three months? Are you asking my yeah, opinion? Yeah. So it is really, really hard to do what they do when they have an alliance because Richard Childress has a business to run, okay? Stuart Haas has a business to run. Rick Hendrick has a business to run. Joe Gibbs has a business to run. So when you think you're signing up for an alliance, there is no way you're getting all the information. I've tried. I've done it. I've sat there. I've lasted two weeks. Then I start shaking my head and I'm going, this is not the same stuff. This is not what it is. You can pay as much money as you want to try to get all the information. But unless they have somebody sitting there 24-7 running that simulation and doing all, which I'm sure they are now, that's the only way you're going to get the information. Now, with the simulation stuff, if you're one step off, you're going to be one step off on the track. It is that sensitive of what needs to be done. So everyone has to work hard. Like you said, it's up to Richard Childress and the college group to work together to, to make it better. And what's going to happen is once they make it better, both programs, all three programs, whoever program they're helping is going to get better. But if you're not sitting in there and sleeping and eating and drinking and doing whatever with those people, and if you're if you're not doing that and you're just relying on the information to get to you, you're, you're a lost you're cause. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we saw, I felt like Chris is, I always like to call Chris captain positive. You know, he's Mr. Smile at everybody and everything else. I saw it for the first time at Dover last week, we were having dinner upstairs at the casino and I saw Chris and, and he was dejected about, it was Saturday night after, after the Xfinity race. And you could tell in his eyes, he was basically, I mean, I think he might even apologize to me and Brett. Like, I'm sorry, we're going to get better. And, and he said it to Landon. Yeah, we finished sixth on Saturday. And he said to Landon, we ran about 12th all race long, 10th, 12th. And, and he apologized to Landon. He said, I'm sorry, I'll get this turned around. And where I think that comes from is Chris knows we don't what the, the we've we've won races in the Xfinity series of quality racing that that but that box is checked now he wants to win a championship and he knows right now we do not have the speed to run for a championship and that's his long game all three cars are going to make the playoffs all three cars are going to be there AJ ran in the in the final four last year but Chris's game now is I want to win a damn championship for Matt Colleg and he knows right now 
our cars are simply not capable of doing that. And like Brett said, the, the RCR cars are in the same boat as us. The 2 and 21 show speed at times, but they're not consistently fast. JRM is kicking our ass right now, essentially. And and they're kicking our ass on pit road. They're kicking our ass on the racetrack. They're, they got their shit together right now. And, and we got to make a big you know, step to catch up to them. I was running in front of you, too. So. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. You know, I mean, <laughs> we we have to get better if we're if we're landing. You know, and it's weird in a weird situation for Landon because Landon's ecstatic. You know, what I mean, like not I shouldn't say ecstatic, but from what he's been what driving he's been for doing, the last yeah. ten years to what he's got now, he's like, this is a load better than what I've been doing in the past. But still, yeah. you know, now Chris knows what what we're capable of, and he wants to make that next step to be all. He wants all three cards to be championship contenders. Well, if Landon settled like that, that's part no, of the problem. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, he, okay. he's not. He's not. Yeah. You know, but I'm just saying, like, in his mind, it's like he doesn't think it's – he's not at the same level of panic as Chris. Like, you know, Landon's like, I'm running top 10 where I was, you know, 15th, 20th last year. I'm making a big step, and Chris is, like, ready to jump off a bridge. You know, and it's like you're trying to meet that in the middle where Landon's like, I'm happy, but, yeah, obviously he wants more. I mean, a year ago, all three guys win. You win the regular season championship. You put a guy in the final four. We're struggling. Chris is frustrated. I love it. I love that he's coming out publicly because you're also kind of taking the head coach mentality in football. I'm challenging my guys will in you, public. Will you to stop get talking so I can do my point? Because you're taking my points. I mean, this right? is the I mean, show wait, ever. wait, do you have a sponsor mentioned? Or something? <laughs> I mean, apparently, Brett gets all of our time. I, that's exactly what I was going to say. That Chris, you, he's giving a halftime speech right here. He's pumping the guys up, which is good because them guys want to go and you want to. He, he's digging. And that's what you want to go and work with. So, one hundred percent. Like when I when I worked for Tommy, it was and we he touched on this earlier. Like we would run twentieth maybe or something like that. And all right, you know, we're thinking, ah, you know, it is what it is. We ran twentieth, and Tommy's like, no, no, look who's behind us. Look who look who we beat. Like look at the steps we're taking here. And then and he would pump everybody up. And obviously, he still wanted to be better. We wanted to win, obviously. But yeah. like you also take into consideration who the hell you're racing against, Denny. If you look at that Netflix documentary we did. Denny was the same way with us. Like, listen, guys, the, these results suck. Like, you guys got to figure this shit out because we can't run 15th every week and stay in business. I need you guys to be better. And he held it, you know, he held the candle to us like, hey, you guys got to step this shit up. And that's what Chris is doing right now. Switching gears to another hot topic for the weekend, the Formula One race. Uh, the entire Miami Grand Prix facility was wired with 5G so fans can stream F1 TV on their phones during the race through a Verizon partnership. Brett, spot on, spot off. Spot on. I, I'm a big advocate of the people that are on the grounds being able to promote how great the event is. Um, it encourages people to come out. It encourages that younger demographic to come out. I mean, we know how much the F1 is growing in America with that 18 to 40 year old, well, guess what? If your phone's not working, those 18 to 40 year olds aren't coming. So I'm spot on. I think I, this is a shot across the bow in, in the NASCAR world to every track owner, promoter, operator. You got to get cell service in your facility. We're not fortunate enough to be able to race in major cities um, all the time. And when you go to the majority of these major athletic facilities, they're in cities that have a lot of infrastructure, a lot of support. We race in BFE a lot. I mean, when you talk about racing at Concord, New Hampshire, there ain't nothing within 50 miles of that place in terms of a city, right? So we've got to invest and give our fans. Our, our phones worked great yesterday, right up until about two hours before the race. And Freddie and I and TJ, we were all parked beside of each other. And it's like, well, 
We just got too busy around here for our phones to work. So I am all in for a venue making this investment to change the fan experience. Yeah, I mean, Brett's talked about this on here forever, and we, me and him have talked about it forever. Like, one of your biggest advertising tools is the people at the racetrack. And if they can't share their videos or they can't – we're talking about, you know, they, they paid Blake Shelton a, co- a bunch of money to come to a race earlier this year. Like All-star race, nobody, two weeks. Yeah, nobody knows he's there because – you can't share a video of the guy on the stage because your phone doesn't work. I had people come to me last week or two weeks ago and say they wanted to listen. You know, they didn't rent a scanner from our racing electronics, but they were, they wanted to listen to the NASCAR app. Couldn't do it because their phone doesn't work. You know, I don't understand how in this day and age we can be at this position where, I mean, Brett just got a brand new phone. He tweeted out this week that he's got whatever 27 G or something like that. Still did not still work. Don't work. Still don't work at the racetrack. I, I don't understand in this day and age how that's possible. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm spot on for that as well. You know, where when you're sitting there looking at another event, you're just consuming the content that people are putting out from there. You know, you're looking at who's doing things and what they're doing there. You're just constantly consuming that. But if that's not out there, you're not taking it in. So I, I do agree with the more the better the service, the demographic definitely fits they these people want to put it on instagram whatever social media stuff they got um i definitely think it's a necessity in today go ahead tom just burn them down again why don't you Do you even know what the internet is <laughs> he you know he does because i get texts usually if my phone is working you're gonna text mid-race from tommy about anything yeah, it's working so you guys are full of <laughs> we got um, wi-fi on the roof now yeah, yeah. yeah. oh yeah that's yeah, yeah, i'm gonna have to get a Another part-time job. <laughs> it actually where it's really nice too. Yeah. I mean, it's awesome. I mean, I, I look the, the F one coming to Miami was, a, I think, a huge hit. Um, they have a lot of worldwide companies that follow them. A lot of worldwide celebrities and people. I think it's easier for where they go, the demographics on how they do it to set all this up. Uh, I think they have a, a bigger show than a race where we have little bit smaller show but a better race um i think yeah if there was more wor- worldwide companies that would come in and want to do it then nascar would do it for sure um it's kind of hard to do it like brett said to come to new hampshire and put a whole system in place but there's got to be something that they can do that to travel and they they do everything else that's traveling right there's got to be something else that they can develop to travel to get all that infrastructure in all these racetracks so the next demographic of kids and people can come into our sport because that's what they're always looking for what do you see on the back of phones with kids nowadays that loophole because it doesn't leave their hands and if it's not working they're not happy and and we talked about this yesterday brett when sprint was the the title sponsor sprint phones were there were sprint phones work there because they brought in some kind of infrastructure to make sure their phones work the the equipment's there yeah i mean it's still out there it's an investment Um, yeah but uh, yeah, I, I'm. Do I say spot on? Spot on <laughs> so for we need it. Spot, spot on, on. We, we need, need it. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, door bumper clear fans. This is Mike Davis with Dirty Mo Media, and I want to give you five reasons why RacingUSA.com is our favorite store for NASCAR merchandise. First, NASCAR fans have rated RacingUSA.com Google's top source for NASCAR merchandise, so you can always buy with confidence. Second, RacingUSA.com automatically discounts every order in your cart, so you always get the best price. Third, RacingUSA.com guarantees the lowest pre-order prices 
so you do not have to shop around for a better price. Fourth, RacingUSA.com ships all-in-stock orders the next business day, so you can get your order faster than anyone else in the industry. And fifth, RacingUSA.com has a wide selection of current season hats, apparel, die-cast, and novelties for the sport's most popular drivers. You can find products that are not available elsewhere, like the exclusive Door Bumper Clear Justin Algar autograph die-cast that sold out in less than two weeks. Fans, RacingUSA.com is Door Bumper Clear's choice for NASCAR merchandise, and we want it to be yours as well. So whenever you need a new hat, t-shirt, die-cast, helmet, or novelty to show your support for your favorite driver, we want you to shop RacingUSA.com, where you are always somebody special. Engine, engine number nine. I'll tell you, if they don't hurry up and fix this track, I'm going to run out of beer and cigarettes. Okay, so TJ, look at the date all the time. Why don't we tell you this Hey, Freddie, just letting you know we got the beige GMC out in the parking lot in case you want to have Bubba come out and hit us. Like you said, everything else on the track, so. Hey now, Jason, got a message for you. Get out of Dillner's ass. Reaction Theater starts now. What a race we got at Darlington, and man, what a finish. People whine and moan all day long about, oh, the race is boring, oh, there's no personalities. Then all they want to do is complain when something happens. I mean, hey, exciting finish, got to enjoy it. And Brett Griffin, how about a top five finish? I see you, big dog. <laughs> I was driving home. I had to call Brett. I was like, what? how the hell did you pull that off? Ate him, spot on. Yeah. Spot on. <laughs> Joey, you just won at Darlington. How do you feel? Well, just to let you know, if you ever put me in the wall, you're not going to finish the race. That's how I roll. Oh, okay, cool. Anything else, Joey? Well, yeah, it's just so cool. If you want to be like me, kids, one day, all you have to do is keep driving like you're in a Legends car, like my paint scheme. Just run into everybody, and you'll be great. I, I'm sorry, I'm rambling. Happy Mother's Day, everybody. <laughs> Big Lugano. Fan. That's not even that bad. No, that's this, uh, this is very tame so far. Yeah. Is that, I mean, but Tommy can agree with this. That's what legend car racing is. Like legend car racing, I have not seen a race. I I, I almost went the other night because Tommy's kids are running uh, at Florence Speedway, and unfortunately it started raining, so I, I didn't go. But I, what I mean, these guys rarely make the the advertised lap distance because the kids these days just run each other over all the time, and that's what I get so angry about. It's just you know, and again, it falls on the parents and it falls on the people that are running those cars for them, and it and it also falls on the race director. They got to do a better job of teaching these kids on how to race because it's not going to get any better for us to spend all this money and time and race twelve laps or ten laps. It's, it just takes all the fun out of it, and it, and it will go away. Yeah, 100%. The, 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 it will yeah. fall into a negative thing, and it and it will go away if somebody's not paying attention. And uh, I will never, never let, ever let my kids race like that. I will pull them off the racetrack, and that car will sit until they learn how to race. And, you know, Luke had an issue the other night. Uh, it was first ever race, first time ever in a race car, and he did really good, qualified seventh, and uh, he didn't see a guy going underneath him, and he clipped him and Luke spun out and he got a race a guy I said no Luke you he was under you he 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 gave you a, a chance in turn one and he let off and turn three he didn't and he was under he was at your left rear no it wasn't but he looked in the video right and he's like oh you're right you know so um 
But these kids, the summer shootout is even in the in the in the Winter Nationals this past year in um, in February at uh, Citrus, I think it was just as bad. He's just these kids, and again, they watch Joey, right? They watch Kyle and how he acts. It makes it okay. They think it's okay, and it's 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 not. These these kids got to learn how to pass to become race car drivers. There's only a certain percentage of them that their parents are going to have enough money to get them through the sport, and the other kids going to have to have to do it on their ability to get as far as they can. And if they're just just doing it for fun to wreck people, it's not going to work. You know, I'm not gonna lie. William Byron passed up a perfect opportunity for himself to prove to everybody that he's got a personality and show people not to mess with him. All he had to do was go out there whenever Logano was doing his little Fox interview or whatever, even after, if you want to be a little bit professional and catch it on camera and go out there and start talking to him. Make sure you got your helmet off if you're going to fight him. But, you know, I mean, I don't think he would have won a fight if they fought, but that was me. Open up a can of whoop ass. This guy wanted to beat Joey's ass last Nobody's night. been swung at in our sport more than Joey Logano. He's yeah. been swung at by 10 or 12 drivers, but nobody ever pays him back on the track. Oh, Sam's catching him. Ken's, I think Kenseth paid him back, didn't he? Yeah, Kenseth yeah. got oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Kenseth paid There him was back. a close vote a couple years ago about most punchable face, and it was Brett and Joey were a toss up. They were tied. tied. <laughs> this guy's I might vote be just the person it. to uh, yeah. change that. Not a Joey Logano fan, but don't know what's dumb. Is that close? William Byron not knowing that putting Logano up against the wall on that restart, that if he didn't get back to him, he wasn't going to take him out? Or Fox not realizing that that was going to happen? Like, they were totally oblivious to the fact that he pushed him up against the wall on that restart. Explain that to me. I guess Fox didn't really show it, recap it. I didn't. I was, According to I social was, media, I mean, I was it was just hard home. racing. It wasn't like he yeah. ran into the fence. No. I'll tell you what pissed him off is he had to lift. He lifted. He freaked out. I mean, I don't. William ran him up. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. He had to crack the throttle. I don't think he did it intentionally. I no. think they were just driving hard. Right. It's turned to a Darlington going for the win. Yeah. Joey would have done the same thing. Yeah. Right? We, oh. Or I would expect oh. him to. Joey would have did it in turn one. Okay. <laughs> he would, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, it was just, that's just hard racing and you got to accept that. There's hard racing and just driving through somebody. Yeah. And I, Hey, Fox, way to have Bill Elliott at the beginning of the show and in the last stage. They ask him questions about a race car driver. Who do you think he's going to root for? Who do you think he picked on the ones to watch? Number nine. That's right. He has nothing bad to say. Just like you said, Brett, this shouldn't be happening. Next week... Why don't we put Brexton Bush in there? That way he doesn't know any better but to root for his dad. I saw this. Million I, dollar bill. I thought this was interesting <laughs> because I was I went back and watched the replay of our wreck when I got home last night, and Bill must have been on the broadcast for that. And all the only part about the wreck he broke down was the fact that Kurt ran in the back of the nine. He's like, oh, look, at Kurt You know, Kurt kind of got in the back of the nine right there. The whole There's 47 cars wrecking on the bottom. He's like, damn, the 45 hit the back of the oh, nine pretty hard. I promise you, the front of that nine found something earlier in the race, too. Oh, yeah. I promise oh, you that. Yeah. Oh, are you saying that he's the one that hit you? He is the one that hit us. He run through the back of you. Somebody I, got, so Denny, did Denny get in the fence or something? He, Some, yes, Denny got in the fence off, too. They all checked up, and the nine punched. Not all of them. Yeah. Not, oh, yeah. <laughs> but the nine didn't check up. But in Bill's defense, in the beginning of the show, they were talking about future Hall of Famers. And he didn't mention his son. He mentioned Kyle Busch. Yeah. So, 
you know, Bill, obviously, if, if it was your son out there, he'd be, uh, you'd be talking about your son, absolutely. too. But, uh, you know, Bill Elliott's the man. He always will be the man. He's one of the men who made this sport. Yes. And he can talk about whatever he yeah, wants. Well, <laughs> I don't give a crap what he talks Neither. about. Not he, how long he him, talks. Richard Petty himself, it don't matter what they talk about. It's entertaining. Yeah, they're right. They're always right. Imagine Brett Griffin being the only one out of you guys beating Cody Ware. <laughs> I go Cody Ware. He's the man. Y'all had nothing for Cody. They did it for Cody. You. That's awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> hey, he had a good day yesterday. You can't not like I listen. We give him a lot of shit on here about you know how they run and stuff. But when like the day like yesterday where he just survives the race and he could do that. On a weekly basis, you know, maybe he's not going to run top 20 every week, but if you just stay, you know, run your race, stay out of the way, stay out of the damn headlines, don't try to get too much when you're running Admit 30th. that Cody outrun you yesterday. Just say it. Cody he, outrun Bubba Wallace. He did outrun us. He ran, We were parked in the garage, and he beat us. I'm glad for him. <laughs> don't matter. He, he beat you. He beat That's us. the most yeah. underrated voicemail we've ever had left right there. <laughs> I love it. You would say that. DBC Brit is always right. <laughs> DBC, TJ sucks all right. DBC, kissing Denny's ass. DBC, you know that's Freddy Crash. That guy's good. Oh. That's ACDC lead singer yeah, right there. Yeah, I think that was him. Pretty much spot on. I yeah, that spot was, on. That was, I mean, he was very accurate the whole time. We do got a guy that calls in a lot and leaves songs that is he's actually pretty talented his oh. name's jeb he does a really good my music. sister thought it was jeb burton up until last week are you me? no and i didn't know claudia actually came to me she's like is that jeb burton that are calls you? in every week and sings and i'm like <laughs> no it's not jeb burton she goes oh your sister she thinks it's jeb burton and he's so talented i said <laughs> not to like jeb burton but anyway people that is not jeb burton that calls in here every week Oh, this was a good one. So to leave an audio message 24-7, go to anchor.fm slash clear and click the message icon. Definitely send us some reaction theater messages as you watch the show too this week. Uh, we'll keep playing the best ones each week on the show. Offer pad question of the week. What was the biggest determining factor when deciding to buy your current home? Tommy, what do you think? Tommy built his. What'd you, what, what was your biggest thing you had to have in there? An entertainment room just to be able to relax. Oh, finally. RPG room. Yeah, we, you know, the, Beth has her nice kitchen and I have my nice little room to relax. And uh, yeah, it was a must, must. Tommy's got a really good outdoor kitchen too. Like your little outdoor area is awesome. Like I, we could sit there and just drink. All day, if we had to. <laughs> we've like, done it, uh, sometimes we have we've, to. We've done it before. <laughs> right. Uh, like Tommy, I need my space. And, and I've always done like a hybrid, like a man cave and office in one room. And that is definitely when I look to purchase a new home. I got to have my spot to kind of get away, seclude myself from the craziness, and be able to chill out. DJ. I would say similar, just rooms, because if you don't have enough rooms, you're not, you, you're bringing more people closer, and you don't have your space to do things. So I would, you know, it's nice to have your office, like what Brett says, and then a place to chill out as well. So, um, just rooms in general to separate things out. 
Yeah, Eddie? when I was when I was we were shopping for a house three or four years ago, and I, we ended up building one just for the fact that it was easier. Like, and Megan got to pick everything out, so that was a lot easier for me. But the one thing I did want to touch on, I heard a rumor this week that the groundwork has been laid down for, a for Brett to get a pool. What? I, I heard that. I heard you told me this. Oh, I heard, I heard it. Groundwork. I, I, no, that's like a fiction book. I, oh boy. I heard we're getting a pool at the Griffin House. I'm gonna roll up in there like Caddyshack. Is he gonna be painted <laughs> on like the Formula One? Yeah, beaches? that's what it's gonna look like. <laughs> it's we're, gonna gonna, a, we're gonna spray paint the grass blue. It's gonna be and call a concrete slab with a vinyl pool. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, go get a cash offer on your home today with our presenting sponsor, OfferPad.com. It's time for us to get to our favorite Xfinity x more than fast moments from the week. Whether you're behind the wheel or online, speed isn't the only thing you need. So what were your favorite more than fast moments this week? TJ. Um, my more than fast, my Xfinity X5 more than fast moment. I got to go with Tyler Reddick. I know this is unsung here, but he was in the back and made his way all the way to the lead and was actually, if the cards had fallen right, was in position to possibly pull out a win if the things fell right for him at the end. So I'm going to give it to Tyler Reddick for fighting through the whole Darlington race, keeping his head up. Uh, moving what he had to at times and getting there. If, you, if you're going to give it to Tyler, you got to give it to Randall because Randall was the one that made the call. To, they were going to do a two-stop strategy. They short pit and got a bunch of track position. And, but it takes the and, driver to oh, be yeah, bought in sure. as well. So but, Yeah, the know, team they, in general. They, they, sure. Team in general because they, they short pit and got a caution when they needed it and, and, and cycled but, them to but, the lead. But they had to do that because they the strategy earlier in the race got them lapped. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they had to do that to kind of dig back out of that hole, which to your point is spot on for that crew chief because he did adapt and change his plan based on what he saw playing out. My turn? Yes. So I'll break it up into uh, two two parts here. I think you got to hand it to some of the pit crews yesterday um, who did an incredible job of picking their, their, their teams up four or five spots at a time. And I think the guy who ran the smartest race out of everybody up until that backstretch wreck was Denny Hamlin. I think he was the most patient driver of getting to a point and waiting to the next thing to happen, such as a caution and a pit stop, to get to the next point to put him in a position. And I think that's why he's, he's done so well there. I mean, you, you never, I haven't watched many races on TV because I was at the races for the last 25 years, but watching him how that team raced yesterday was, uh, was pretty cool because you can see him get to a point and wait. And he didn't rush. He didn't push the envelope on anything they did yesterday. And they kept gradually moving up until they got to that point. And unfortunately, he then he pushed the it. envelope. Yeah, then he pushed the envelope. But <laughs> you know what happens? But he, then, he never messes even up. Even Tommy knows Denny's great. <laughs> Very methodical, Denny Hamlin. Mike Spinelli, X5, more than fast. I just said for that race. Yeah, yeah. for that race. Okay, yeah. I didn't. I say he's great yeah. all the time. I have to. He signs three hundred sixty-five oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. days. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. Shoot, I didn't even know that. I, forgot, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> My more than fast moment is how fast Kyle Busch left his car for valet parking <laughs> at Darlington Raceway over the weekend. Good thing you left the Too keys in Too bad there's it. no valet. He left the keys in it at least. Yeah, <laughs> everything. My Xfinity X5 more than fast moment. I wish this guy would have done this last week, but he did it this week. Justin Allgaier was, was super fast on Saturday. Started in the back. They had a battery issue before the race started. He had to check it up, change battery. Get back out there, start last, drove to the lead. I think Noah was probably the best car on Saturday, but Justin, you know, Justin took advantage of the situation, got out front, and and, and took the win down. 
Hey, one thing I don't think we talk about that they've fixed is after the second race of the year, we were pretty much all pretty down on getting these cars off the racetrack and stuff. And we've done, they've done a very good job. They told, they picked that 18 up in about 30 seconds when they got to him and he was gone. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, but they, they've made a lot of your, adjustments. The secondary Xfinity X5, more than fast. So your record drivers, the tower drivers, TJ's towing service. Did TJ. they start cheering when they were hooking 18 up? I thought they oh, did. Yeah. I'm uh, sure. Do you think they started cheering? Yeah, of course they did. Here on Door Bumper Clear, being more than fast is a way of life. Thankfully, there's plenty of weekly action for our Xfinity X5 more than fast moments. You know what else is more than fast? Xfinity X5. With the speed for all your devices, you also get the reliability and security that keeps your crew connected and protected. With Xfinity X5, you can do more of what you love with faster internet and a powerful and secure connection. Follow at Xfinity Racing on Twitter for even more Xfinity X5 more than fast moments. And don't forget to vote for your favorites. Thank you to Xfinity, proud premier partner of NASCAR. Hey, what's up, everybody? Freddie and I have launched a brand new lifestyles racing brand called Couch Racer. The website is couchracershop.com. Again, couchracershop.com. And we're going to share a code with you guys at the end of this to get you something for free. Man, essentially, when we are not at the racetrack, we are couch racing. We're at home watching the race. We're we're the football version of Monday morning quarterback. You know, this is what we do for a living. And when we're not doing it for a living, we are telling everybody how much smarter we are than they are at home. That's exactly right. And I mean, even on door bumper clear, we're essentially couch racing around here. We're sitting around basing and taking all of the knowledge that we have about this sport and telling you guys about what happened at the track. Yeah, I mean, we we have a lot of fun with it. Obviously, we have some new offerings. Uh, we have a lot of merchandise at CouchRacerShop.com. You go on and get your spot-on hat. We've got our uh, characters, uh, Couch Racer character. We've now just dropped our Air Freddy t-shirt, which we got a really cool offer coming up on with a proof of purchase. We'll enter you instantly to get this cool offering. Yeah, the current designs are awesome. We got more designs coming. I think you guys are going to love what's coming this summer. We've got some patriotic schemes and a few things to help you support your favorite things in and around NASCAR. Chances are, if you are a fan of DBC, you are already a couch racer. So drop by couchracershop.com right now and show off the fact that you're a couch racer. And here's the thing. We're going to give you a code right now. It's a simple code. DBC. If you enter DBC at checkout for any purchase that you make on couchracershop.com, you're going to get a free Offer Pad Racing T-shirt. And we've got another promotion. If you have already purchased or do purchase an Air Freddy T-shirt between now and the end of the week, you're going to be entered into a sweepstakes to win Freddie, an autographed Bubba Wallace crew shirt. You yeah. can't buy these things. These are, this is my personal crew shirt that Bubba Wallace signed himself. I had him do it last week. You cannot, this is not something you could ever purchase. So drop in right now, buy yourself an Air Freddy t-shirt. You're automatically entered and we're going to draw a winner within the next week or so. And and you can't, you can't miss on this deal. Yeah. Any Air Freddy shirt bought between now and May 15th. Guarantees you a chance to win this Bubba Wallace Crew jersey. In addition to us offering fun lifestyle brand apparel, talking about racing all the time, we're also giving back to the fans. we got cool experiences. We've been able to give away VIP garage passes, tickets to the races. we got way more things coming. So autographed Jeff Gordon Visor was given away earlier. Make sure you check out CouchRacerShop.com. What an idiot. 
Let's get into the Wooden Idiot Award for the week. Brett. I'm going to go first, and I'm going to go with probably the obvious, the dumb ass that threw the full beer can over the fence during the Jamie Little and John Hunter Nemechek winning interview. This person was pointed out by a NASCAR official. They were grabbed by a state trooper, and I pray that they arrested this because that is a whole nother level of stupid. Somebody Dude. told me, I seen a tweet the other day and said, somebody, I hope they get carried off to jail. I said, I hope he got carried off to the hospital. I hope what they beat idiot. the out of him yeah. because that's what he deserved. I mean, you've got Jamie down there. You've got not only Jamie and John Hunter, neither one of them have any kind of, you know, protection from a, you've got cameramen, you've got a producer, I'm sure down there. This is just, I mean, if that thing is three feet to the left, somebody's hurt real bad right now. Stitches are involved. Yeah. Staples are involved. I mean, Concussions you, you, are maybe involved. That's not even what an idiot. That is, I'm sorry, Jason, that is what a piece of Like, that is, you, you, there's no place for your, in this sport for you if you're going to be the guy that throws stuff at a driver in victory lane. That's his name, Jason? That's Jason. Oh. <laughs> Jason. That kid over there is Ben. But that's G- what TJ calls, calls that, that kid. kid so. That kid. That's What's his kid. name? That kid there. <laughs> his sc- we got we got to come up with a better nickname. Yeah. For him. <laughs> look at his screen. We well, probably you're call the king of nicknames. What so you, what'd you call Doug? <laughs> well, Can't say it. We're look, on TV well, now. You, you know, at, but look I, at his screen. You might start calling. I forgot him to mention before his grandmother even calls him. Oh yeah, everybody. Yeah. The whole family calls him that. That's his nickname. <laughs> Good job, Tommy. Yeah. You got one, TJ. What do you got? Yeah. So I gotta go. I did. I did on the radio in the truck race. Call one of the other drivers an idiot because the this. There's a lot of drivers in that series you can call an idiot. We're going into three. This guy's probably maybe just getting ready to dive inside, and that this one truck spins out, middle of three and four, sitting broadside, pretty much all, like right in the middle groove, like maybe one or two lanes above it. This dude throttles up. We're trying to slow. We're slowing down because I'm like wrecking in front of you, sitting in the middle of the track. This dude just stays in it and almost hits the truck in the middle of the racetrack. And almost rips our left side off doing it. And then as we get lined back up, just wants to stay in front of us, right side by side, like he's got the position on us. Now there is a truck sitting in the middle of the racetrack and the yellow flag is out. Where are you going? So yeah, that's, that's it. You're not even saying any names. I can't remember. say his name. I don't I know mean, who it was. I, a truck I really number. You, that's, I think it was the 30, the 30. I, that was Tate Fogelman. Okay. There he is. So, uh, Tom, you got anybody Tommy, you want to call? You're not even going to say a name, TJ. Like you're calling. <laughs> you got to give us something. Yeah, I get to thirty. Who who are you spot for in the trucks? Haley. Oh, that poor. No, <laughs> yeah, she right. cannot get a break. No, I know. No. All right, she is way more capable of finishing. Oh, I know. Way better than she has been. She cannot get a break. And the people that she's racing around race like well, the legends cars. That, that's why she's got to get to the next. You yeah. got to help her there. I well, do. That's I, your job. Listen. Hey, the good news is, I think next week. Right, Haley. Oh, yep. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna bring Haley on here. Sorry, you're getting replaced. Tommy, (laughs) next week you're replaced by Haley Deegan, who's much more. You you could have said it at the end of the show. (laughs) Did she agree to that money? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, (laughs) She took the deal. But yeah, I talked to the TJ. I got a spot on (laughs) T-shirt. won't be the only girl on the show so <laughs> looking forward to that but my so my before i get to tommy because there's no telling he's probably gonna call me an idiot but my wooden idiot of the week goes to anthony alfredo because mm. uh <laughs> this isn't he idiot. needs to stay off of twitter apparently because you know he was in front of uh, we he, we were running like 10th and 11th maybe coming down pit road late in a race and 
uh, some people maybe are not so familiar. You can run a couple extra lights the first half of the or first quarter it's a curve. of pit road. It's a curve, so you can run a little bit faster on that curve and 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 make up time. So we had bumped it up. I don't know two or three red lights, and we were running faster through the first six sections. And yes, Anthony was in front of us, and he wasn't, and we were pushing him, but we didn't get a speeding penalty. And he didn't get a speeding penalty in that section. So whatever happens late in the race, like the next thing I know on Twitter, he's, well, you know, what what a big brain move on Landon Castle's part. He pushed me all the way down pit road, got me a speeding penalty, and locked the brakes up as soon as we got to a timing line. I was like, Landon, if you know where the timing lines are on pit road, let me know because that makes my job a lot easier if you know exactly where they're at because I don't have to do anything on pit road now. But we we went back and looked at it. And we pushed him sections one through six. Fully early. Early, we pushed him sections one through six, and he sped in section 14. (laughs) And he's blaming it on Landon. Landon pushed me the whole way down the road. He did a video about it. He did a a tweet about it. And Landon's like, yeah, bud, I don't know what to tell you. I did push you in sections one through six, but you sped in 14 (laughs) where I was nowhere near you. So, like, let's let's back it down a little bit here. So you made your own mistake. Don't blame other people. And and that's my wooden idiot for the week. Not only did he make that mistake. But he was running people over. That's he ran into us off of two and we thought we had a left rear flat. And then he cleaned out. Uh, was it the 07 or 08? 08. Uh, one of them. Yeah. One of them. Which one? Joe Graf, whatever Joe Graf. 07. Was 07. He clobbered him. And Joe Graf doesn't need help wrecking. So is, <laughs> is that a team car to the other? Uh, is that a car by us? Uh, 02, 23, 27. No, or no, the one Anthony's in. Anthony's a team is an hour car. Yeah. 23, 27, 02. Yeah. Okay. Not not a wait, but we're ten no, races in. No, I know that, but I'm just saying. No, I'm not, I was wondering if he. I didn't know if that was a Sam Hunt car. I wonder why hell is wrecking all the time. <laughs> <laughs> we got two spotters being fired. Yeah. On the I show. thought he might have been teammates with the guy running up near the front. So, Tommy, yeah. do you have one? You got any idiots this week? Yeah, what'd you see on the so, broadcast? Uh, how here? much? How much time? I got a, a quick story. So, <laughs> I was driving. I was had my truck, my dually, on my way to Florence on uh, Friday, and uh, Josh Riomi. Re- Riom, good. He's a good kid, man. The kid tries so hard. I work with him with the twenty-seven car with Jacques Villeneuve. He calls me. I know he's right next to me. He's like, "Hey, what are you doing?" I said, "All right, man. You know who's driving your truck? Truck tonight? You know?" He's like, "Well, I'm driving one, and I forget who was who was the other one is driving the other one." I said, "All right, man. You know, keep it out of the wall, stay clean." He goes, "What usually happens is stage one, my other truck wrecks." And then uh, I have to run in the back and, you know, keep it clean the rest of the race. I'm like, all right, man, well, good luck. Well, I turn the TV on. The first thing I see is his truck running into him and taking them both out running for last. And I'm like, well, that didn't work out so well. So whoever was driving those trucks and doing what they do. I, I that- felt bad for Josh earlier this year. Where were we at? Where, where, where'd they wreck? Is Atlanta? Where they wrecked the hauler? Oh, yeah. So, well, oh, he, dude. So it's good. During the Xfinity race, they wrecked the hauler. Oh, yeah, and Atlanta. I think Tony Raines was spotting for him, and Josh was in the Xfinity race. And Josh wrecks. Josh wasn't driving it. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah, somebody else. But yeah. Josh, I'm saying Josh was yeah. driving the Xfinity car at the time, and the hauler wrecks during the Xfinity race. <laughs> so Tony Raines, Josh wrecks now in the Xfinity race, and Raines is like, I don't have the heart to tell him like your car don't look half as bad as your hauler does on the back straightaway. <laughs> like, oh my god, poor Josh, man! That tunnel gets one every three, four years. Yeah, every yeah. every new That's truck a, driver just wants. Who to get was it. driving his other truck? Was it the Hickory guy? The, the, no, Agata. I don't think. Yeah, was that yeah. it? Was yeah, that he him? just won his yeah. third race. He just in won a Hickory. Hickory. Yeah, yeah. Get the hell out of the way, Josh. Yeah. Give him some room. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, poor Josh. <laughs> 
<laughs> the guy got so mad he went and whipped up on him at Hickory. <laughs> Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans in Reaction Theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. All right, uh, moving on to DBC Picks. Brett, congratulations. You won? You won with Reddick. So you have, I picked last and won. That's how bad you guys suck. Whatever. Yeah. You are now leading with four wins compared to... I finished fourth. I'm, I'm going to give y'all an opportunity to have yeah. some expert advice from my good friend Tommy Ballin. Tommy, going into Kansas Speedway, a mile and a half racetrack, which manufacturer, which teams do you see having an edge? Because Wait, these, say it. Have, the, have Jason pick and then tell me. These, these four people need your help. Well, not so much Jason, but the other three. It is clear right now that Chevrolet has an aerodynamic advantage of what uh, is going on right now. And it's on the unfortunate part, it's not their fault. It's not anybody's fault, but the, what happens is the rule changes that have been made since the bodies have been wind tunneled and tested and everybody's been even. There's been some changes to the cars that have somehow affected the bodies, the three manufacturers a little bit differently. So, Chevrolet definitely has an advantage in, in my opinion right now. Um, obviously, NASCAR, I, I think, is working on that for the future, for, probably for next year. Um, but the things that they've had to do to, to fix some of the things, I think Chevrolet, looking at it, has the advantage. So I would go with the Chevrolet team if I was somebody. So, so with that said, are they going to have the advantage through the rest of the year? At these mile and a half, these big tracks? I think it's forcing everybody to work really hard right now. And I think if they work just as hard as everybody else is trying to, to catch up to them, I think they will, yeah. So, Jason, go first. You got an advantage now. I know you got your pick. He's going to take a Toyota. <laughs> William Byron. Oh. William Byron swinging for the fences. Who's next, Casey? Oh, man. Now you just made me Casey was Casey was going to take a Toyota. Now she wants to take a Chevy. No. Justin Haley would be good. Oh, you, you should have had him yesterday. You could have finished second behind me. You know what? Yeah, I'll take Justin Haley. There you go. You go, girl. Man, it's it's a... I'll do my best Isn't for it you. a rip-riding track, right? Up yeah. top? Yeah. yeah. Who's this two of the two we guys? We can only use these guys one time Yeah, a year, that's the so. problem. Is oh, I, I've yeah. already used uh, who you're probably about to say. Go ahead, TJ. TJ. I'm going to go Eric Jones. Oh, I was going to take him last. He, he's going to get a win this year. It's on TV. Classy. I know, but he just took my guy. And if you wouldn't have taken 35 minutes into one spot <laughs> off, I'd have given me. Freddie. Hey, I'll sell him if you're 100. I'm going to take <laughs> Kyle Larson. Oh, swinging. Swinging big, Freddie. Swinging. I'm going to take Chase Elliott. Y'all want to go big? We'll go big. I got the lead. I didn't Did go that pick? big. 
Oh, you picked Eric Jones, yeah. The hell's wrong with you? Eric Jones. I'm drunk. What do you want me to tell you? <laughs> Chase Elliott. Kyle Larson's fast, but he I'll keeps t- having bad luck. I'll tell you who I'm going to pick this week. I'm going to pick Jimmy Blewett at the Modified Race at Riverhead Raceway. This Is it this week, right? Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Tommy's going Did Modified Racing at our home track. Yeah, Flo. Oh, Flo does it. Yeah, okay. right? Yep. Flo, all yeah, Modified Flo, yep. Flo. Flo is. Tommy, so what happened now is two of my bet. So I've spotted for Jimmy Blewett for, I don't even know, since 2005, at least once a year, Turkey Derby. So now and I spotted for Tommy, obviously, growing up and, and coming through the sport. So now they've both aligned, so I have no choice but to spot every damn Modified Race for free. That that's the at, best. Yeah. Don't tell anybody that. Nobody mm-hmm. else knows that. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so they're going to our home track. Me and Tommy grew up at Riverhead Raceway, and, and they're going home this weekend to run. And, and Is it a big race there? It's a tour it's race. Tour race. Yeah. yeah, modified tour Will, race. Will uh, the Beers kid be there? Uh, yeah, he's going to yep. run the 64 oh, okay. car probably. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, okay. it'll be a big one. This is, it's actually going to be opening night for Riverhead because they rained out this week, so it'll be their first their first weekend of the year. Hopefully they do well. Obviously, I want to get up there sometime. I do too. I, I do want to go to Riverhead. Yeah, you, you you don't have any idea. Like it's racing, man. Oh, it's it's if it's you its if you world. if you think about all the drivers who came through there and raced there and then were successful down here, it's. Uh, it's pretty cool. Well, I mean, Eddie DeHaan came from yeah, there, right? Just, yeah, Eddie, Eddie, yeah. Yeah. Well, Eddie hit everything but the ambulance when he was racing, so you can't count, can't count Eddie racing, but he's a pretty he's smart. He's told us some stories so I, that I Oh, he's been on fire, flipped. He's done it all. Well, he's told me stories about you and he's him. He's not scared. Yeah. Hey, yeah. the best, well, really funny Eddie DeHaan story from this weekend, right? I moved him down, too. Yeah, I, 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 I I've heard. I don't know. Xfinity race this week. Uh, Doug Campbell does not spot. Gurney Xfinity race because Penske oh has my a deal. gosh this, 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 this is, is hysterical so this might be what I'm idiot. getting a text in the middle of the race me and Brett and Doug are on his text chain during the race and I get a text and Doug's like something's wrong with Eddie and I'm like what do you mean he's like I don't even know he's not what you know Justin's leading and he's not watching the race <laughs> he didn't and even know he wasn't spying <laughs> He's like, he's on he's, his he's phone. He's playing on his phone. He's on his phone. So then like 60 to go, Eddie leaves. Like he just leaves. The, and Doug has a heart attack. Doug's like, oh my God, what's going on? What's wrong with Eddie? Something happened. And finally, Brett's like, yeah, he was supposed to spot for Chase and Chase didn't qualify. Oh, thank God. He was so worried about it. He was Eddie. distraught. <laughs> I mean, he was distraught. He was literally distraught. distraught. So Darlington was awesome. We had Red Farmer, Donnie Allison on stage with us, awesome. man. Very humbling moment for me being from the state of South Carolina, my home track. But we're off to Kansas I'm going to let you preview this race. You think it's going to be ripping the top. You think the Christopher Bells, Kyle Larson's, Martin Truex's. Reddick. Yeah, Reddick's. That's, those are your guys. They're, they're going to be uh, Martin Truex. Once he gets in his zone of up top, man, he's pretty good too. So, um, And look, the racing's been great all year. I mean, we've had one probably race that got called out, but wasn't the product's fault. It was probably the tire was a little bit too hard, mm-hmm. I, in my opinion. Yep. So once – they're going to go back, and Goodyear will fix that, I guarantee. And then you got to, you know, if you if you think about it, guys, you have to applaud the whole industry of what they did to, to what's happened yesterday. We didn't really talk about it today, but there was not many lap cars getting lapped yesterday. And at Darlington, with the speed slowing down because of the handling, you know, the, the worse you start handling, the wor- way worse you are at the end of a run. I didn't see, you know, you look at the ticket board, you, and you look watching the leaders, there was hardly hardly any lapping going on and that's what the that's what they were shooting for that's what the industry was shooting for for all the cars that run closer together and uh you got to applaud everybody for working so hard the teams the nascar the people who have developed it man this car has been a success oh they they absolutely are in my they are the worst race car to work on in my opinion but in the same breath when i've little bit i've done with them they Mm -hmm. are so fun 
to work on handling, to work on. You can make small changes and get big benefits. Yeah. I mean, it, it, they stink to work. I hate them. I hate them. I really do, but I love them because they are so fun to get them right, to make them handle. And the unfortunate part is I think if they got a little bit more practice, the racing would be a little bit better because it would allow the guys to get the cars a, a, a little a little bit close. Everybody, the smaller teams would get better than the bigger teams because they have less tools and they would use the track to work on the car. They don't have the sim. They don't have the tire no, data. They, they don't have all the things. They don't have the same information. They got a, Everyone's got a little bit bits and pieces of it, but... You yeah. know, they, you can work on it. I mean, it, when we went to the Phoenix test and, you know, I went with the 27, it, it, you know, Loris did a really good job. But by the second half of the second day, it took yeah. us that long to get the car right because we had no information, no simulation, just me and, and just working on the car. And I, I left there and going, man, if we all had practice like that, but if we're going to show up and have 20 minutes of practice, we're not even going to be in the ballpark because right. we, we started a second and a half off and we ended up four tenths off at the end of the day in race run, which I thought was pretty good. And if you looked, I looked at the times on, on pra, in practice, usually it's 1.2 to 1.4 seconds off from the fastest car to the last place car that don't have problems. It was yep. only seven tenths. A lot tighter. At Darlington, seven tenths. That's 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 pretty cool. That's awesome. I look forward to Kansas, man. I love that racetrack. I love the Midwest. Those are my kind of Windy. people out there. Um, another unknown for us going into this weekend. We don't know how these cars are going to perform with the tire Goodyear's bringing, but man, I'm uh, I'm pumped up about it. Yeah, I mean they they've raced these type of mile and a halfs already. They they have a good idea. The teams are going to be pretty good. It's it's going to be a fun race. Yeah. Before we let you go, I got one question for you. Driving to Darlington, what two towns do you drive through? Little small town. Tommy's also a Yankee. Let's see if what he towns you right. drive through. You Pageland, Pageland, and Monroe. Okay. There's one little more. Town. What, what about Hartsville? What, what about the one where you can't speed? Oh, that little. I got it starts two, with an M. I got two tickets in four miles there. One. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. <laughs> you should have called Brett. You know what stings you? It's the. Uh, what I don't know. B a B a hornet. What a, I don't a B, know. But it starts with an M. It starts with an M. The name of the TJ town. Oh, oh, it may. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe. <laughs> it's, may, it's Mick. It's Mick Mac B. B. It's no, Mac. it's Mick B. So, well, I Mick can B. write it down. Oh for yeah, him. MC. Uh, yeah, I <laughs> yeah. see it now. He calls oh, it Mac B. He calls Mac it B. Mac B. Well, that's because uh, Larry Mac Mac Murray. <laughs> <laughs> see, Tommy <laughs> gets it. Yeah. Hey, thanks for coming on. All right, yeah, guys, I appreciate it. You got to come back, Dad. Where so where can we find TBR now? I know you're doing. I mean, just because you're not a Cup Series, you're racing probably more now than you ever have. I am. I'm having a lot of fun with the modifieds. I'm all over, up and down the Northeast. Uh, we got uh, this young kid, Caleb Hetty, running the Smart Tour. We're uh, pretty much leading the points there. Got Jimmy Blewett and Michael Christopher Jr. running the Tour races up north, and you know, we started New Smyrna. We were one point out of the points lead there. Jimmy blew it. We already won the points championship at New Smyrna in February at Speed Weeks. Awesome. Uh, won in Mike Michael Jr. in some open races up north and blew it. And we've already won one up at Thompson. So we're, so far we're having a good year. Not as good year as good of year as Matt Hirschman um, is, but I think we're right. We're second on as you know as good as we're running to uh, to the competition. So I'm real excited. I'm having a lot of fun. Um, Got a lot of work ahead of me, yeah. but the, it's a, and it, it, the the cool thing is about Tommy. Same thing, kind of like we're not. Tommy's not out for a guy with money. You know, you're talking about Jimmy Blewett, Michael Christopher are 
synonymous ra- names in racing. Michael Christopher is Teddy Christopher's nephew. His dad, Mike, obviously drove for a long time. Jimmy Blewett, the Blewett family, has been around forever. And it's just awesome for me to see. Like like I said, Jimmy's one of my best friends. Brett had the pleasure of going out drinking with us at my He's ba- an idiot. <laughs> bachelor party. <laughs> um, but, you know, so the, it, it really works out. I'm going to spot, I guess, I think I'm going to spot Loudon. I'm sure we're going to Mark. You're not coming to Riverhead? No, I'm not going to. I don't think uh, I'm going to make it to Riverhead this I week. I guess I'm spotting. You're going to have to spot this one. But I think <laughs> we're going to run Loudon, right? And you're going to run Martinsville. So I'll just spot those races. And I just look forward to it. I, I tell everybody all the time, if if I could ever figure out a way for modified racing to make me the same amount of money as I could do cup racing, I'd go modified racing every week of, the, of my life. But I always look forward to those opportunities to go back and spot with work with Tommy and and Jimmy, obviously. But, yeah, it's it's fun. And check them guys out. Smart Tour, Wear the Modified Tour, Open, open Shows at, yeah. at Stafford. It's just, it's, there's I over mean, 100 and. 25 modifieds roaming the northeast right now with all the different series yeah. and uh they're all good they all have their pluses minuses but uh it's fun man yeah well thanks for coming on brother yeah, we thanks, appreciate guys. you yeah, man thank, thank you tommy you. as always and thank you to our presenting sponsor OfferPad. thank you all for listening don't forget to like comment share post a screenshot on your instagram of you yeah because all y'all that did that two weeks ago we were ahead of the dale jr download in the rankings of most popular oh. sports podcasts so yeah. keep working guys. on it we yeah. out holla have a great week. See ya. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo. Dirty Mo.